0: Well, they'll be able to hear all of us tomorrow night at Williams Bryce Stadium. Welcome back. Greetings and good morning, and welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Doe Co. and always live from the Cinerama Studios, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Your tailgates tomorrow will be alive, loud, proud, and happening, and we hope the Chicken Cock is a part of that as well. JC, JB, and Phil here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. And we'll be joined by Michael Flint in the noon hour. And at 1.30, former tight end Wesley Saunders will be here as our special guest picker and to talk about this ball game. in addition to some of the things that he's doing as well. But rivalry weekend finally has arrived. At the same time, it's kind of sad because the end of the regular season got here before you could even bat an eye. It has flown Carolina is one of 22 teams this weekend who are looking to become bowl eligible with a six victory. 22 teams across the country will try to do that. Beginning today, we'll go inside and out of this ball game over the next few hours here on our program. We'll also give you all the championship game scenarios across college football beginning today with some interesting stuff around the country. We'll make our picks and we'll have a lot of fun. I hope all of you had just a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know we did here at our home, and I know that Phil and J.C. both did as well, and we're glad to have you back as college football has returned. It's going to be a great day of games as well, beginning here in just about an hour and all the way through late tomorrow night uh, on this, uh, this holiday kickoff weekend, if you will. But Phil, J.C., Uh, We're dressed I'm not actually dressed by Britain's currently my clothes are already packed and I didn't realize that until just a little (laughs) bit ago because I've got to hit the road for Columbia so Perry forgive me but uh, Phil and JC certainly look good and on top of that if you are looking for a good Black Friday deal you can go to Britain's on Divine Street in Columbia and get a $100 gift card. For just $75, that would mean that's 25% off. So basically, they're just giving you $25 to come in and purchase a gift card for yourself or someone you love this holiday season. Britain's on Divine in Columbia. can't thank them enough for making us look good around here throughout the season and for many of you uh, throughout the state all the time as well. $100 for $75. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Esk.
1: It's quite a deal. Uh, Nat and I were sitting there thinking about it because you know we have a, a senior in high school and you know graduations and stuff. Sometimes they happen in December if you're a uh, in high school or even in college. A lot of them in college and you know, so you, sometimes you, you get nice clothes because you're going out in the real world or, or going and moving on in your life, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know, it's usually about three, four hundred bucks if you want quality stuff. So you add all that up you can get seven, save 75, a hundred bucks, off something. Yep. Uh, and these days that's rare, but, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Perry, uh, sent me that today and uh, certainly he's a great guy. Big Gamecock fan loves this rivalry. If you go in there and get him talking about his big Thursday collection, uh, he's got game programs from back in the day, uh, all that good stuff. Also want to, um, you know, talk about, uh, Teddy Hefner today uh, from uh, Sports Radio there in Columbia. Thanks for the shout-out on the article I wrote yesterday about – I just, like, poured out my heart on the keyboard. (laughs) I I rarely write stuff like that but took a personal trip down memory lane through 36 years of this rivalry uh, and what it means to me. And I told some stories. Phil, I didn't get into some details that maybe you know of that I didn't get into.
2: (laughs) And that was probably a wise decision. If you went
1: through it, you and your <laughs> wife and, and our friends, our, our little circle of friends. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, uh, just, there's so many memories from this game through the years that sort of parallel with life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and it was amazing, the people on Big Spur and the people I talked to that like, yeah, yeah, I remember this. You're, somebody's child was born the day of the of 06 game, so that's their favorite win. Because um, I went there and said – Five f- five best wins, five roughest losses, and then five times I didn't care who won because I had a great time anyway. Um, and so that was uh, that was good. That was good. Uh, but I, I want to thank everybody for, for the feedback on that because that, that when you write something like that, you, you maybe it goes over like a lead balloon, you know, but it didn't, so that was good. But yeah, we had a Thanksgiving yesterday, but we're actually going today eat with Nat's parents because the boys were with their dad's family yesterday so we just sat around and I got some work done and we got some prep done cooking wise and uh yeah it was kind of an uneventful day I did get a chance to watch the egg bowl but uh as this kickoff has drawn closer and I don't get this way about games often but that's that got that feeling in the gut about this one like uh the excitement, the kind of nervousness—it's—it's mm-hmm. uh, a, it's a big one, folks. It's a big one. So it's uh, that's a good feeling to get sometimes.
0: Yeah, there's a lot that will uh, that obviously will go into this ball game. There's a lot on the line, uh, really, for South Carolina to try to get into a bowl game. To kind of tee it up here, the Tigers will walk into williams Bryce Stadium tomorrow night at seven and four, four and four in the league. The Gamecocks will be hosting them at 5 and 6 and they wrapped up the SEC at 3 and 5 uh on the season. This is also the first time in a long time for a stat that neither one of them really want to carry. It's four plus losses. Both teams enter the game with four plus losses for the first time since 2008. Now there have been times after that where where Clemson or South Carolina, this might have been their fourth loss, but entering the game with four or more losses, that hasn't happened in this rivalry since 2008. Williams-Brice Stadium is sold out, 77,559 at least will be on hand tomorrow evening, and it will be 47 degrees at kickoff. It will be nippy and down in the low 40s by the time the end of the game rolls around on the SEC network Taylor Zarzer Matt Stinchcomb and Alyssa Lang they will call it and the Gamecock Sports Network of course will have it over the air with Todd Tommy and Chet you can also if you are not in the state or don't have the Gamecocks app listen to it on Sirius Satellite Radio channel 106 and channel 190 a win over the Tigers boys would improve Shane Beamer to 10 and 3 in the month of November As the head coach of the Gamecocks, it would also send them to a bowl game for the third straight year under Coach Beamer. The last time that happened, the last coach, Will Muschamp, took them to a bowl game each of his first three seasons as well. It would extend South Carolina's winning streak to four games. That is and would be their longest of the season, and it would match the longest in the Shane Beamer era in Columbia. It would give Carolina back-to-back wins over Clemson for the first time since they won those five in a row back in 2009 through 2013. It also would allow South Carolina to finish the regular season 500 or better in three straight years for the first time since 2016 through 2018. It would allow the Gamecocks to finish this season with a 6-1 and home record. The last time it won that many games at a, at home in a season, 2013. They went 7-0 and if you'll remember that year in Connor Shaw's Final year, and finally, it would allow the Gamecocks to post a perfect four and O record in the month of November for the first time since 2013. The injury report, your guess is as good as ours. They're all questionable, according to Shane Beamer. I know on Joyner has said he is playing. We'll see when, if, where he gets into the ball game. Certainly, the conversation will still circle around Juice Wells. Will he be out there warming up by some off chance, even though he has said he is returning in 2024? Who knows? The series history clearly, the record is in the hands of the Tigers uh, 72, 43, and 4. Clemson leads it in Columbia 53, 32 and 3. And the last meeting, we know what that score was 31 to 30 last year up there in the upstate. The last time they played in Columbia was in 2021, and it was a brutal night 30 to nothing. The Tigers pitched a shutout against the Gamecocks and Shane Beamer's first season. Beamer, of course, now 1-1 and against the Tigers. And Dabo Sweeney, all-time 8-6 and over South Carolina. So
1: uh,
0: it's going to be a big night.
1: I think Dabo's lost to South Carolina more than any other team. Uh, (laughs) I want to look at the Florida State record, but I think it's South Carolina. I mean, I I don't – he hasn't played Alabama enough to have a losing i mean they haven't played enough to have six losses so yeah it's crazy frank howard one of their legendary coaches actually had a losing record against the gamecocks as dominant as they've been in this rivalry you wouldn't have thought that but uh it's been close under Dabo. it's been guys like tommy bowden that have run it up you know mm-hmm. danny ford had a really good run against the gamecocks too but uh if beamer should win uh, that is 12 and two at home at night under Shane Beamer with the last loss being that Clemson game. You mentioned JB. Mm-hmm. They have won at home at night, uh, eight in a row, nine in a row dating back yeah, to that. To, to, they didn't yeah. lose a single one last year. Have and, uh, have not lost a single one this year. Uh, I know under, the sun was down by the end of the Florida game, but that doesn't count. Night kickoff. Not. Right. Night uh, kicks. I, I also wanted to say happy for, uh, uh, Alyssa Lang that uh, the SEC network assigned her this game because she oh. hasn't always been on this this Stinchcomb team. You know, she, they kind of move her around. So I know as an alum, it probably means a lot to her to cover the Palmetto Bowl and uh, the Clemson game and all that. So the Palmetto Bowl is a new – Like, let me ask you this. Is the Palmetto Bowl a new-ish kind of term for you guys? Yeah. Because we always called it Clemson-Carolina, and I know Clemson shouldn't be mentioned first, but that was just kind of when it rolls off your tongue, Clemson-Carolina. You know, or Carolina Clemson when, right. when I was uh when I was uh growing up. I never called it the Palmetto Bowl, but uh I guess no, it is no. now.
0: Well I Phil, I think that was probably for the first time about uh, about fifteen years ago really is when this term first kinda came up. And but I, I like it though. I'm glad it's here. And I hope it stays.
2: I like it too. I'm glad they adopted it. It it, it makes sense. I mean, and it it truly is, you know, the the game for the state. <laughs> at this level for sure exactly
0: exactly when they play this game by the way it's the ninth most played rivalry in college football history that stat oftentimes will slip under the radar a little bit it was the second most uh, second longest streak of games like most consecutive games played until the pandemic ended that back in 2020 uh so you know this (laughs) we've been doing it a while around here uh, with yeah. these two programs and, and the Gamecocks certainly need another streak like they had about what, when it really started about 14 years ago to try to tighten this thing back up or get it a little, not tighten it up, but let's make it look a little bit more respectable from a, uh, from a record standpoint.
1: Yeah. I, I, I totaled my, you know, like I said, I kind of started understanding. I don't count anything before I understood it. Right. So 86 was the first year. Um, Obviously, my first two years I didn't experience a loss. It was one zero and one, but I think it's 23 and one. So they've almost doubled me up, in, in my lifetime, yeah. uh, but uh, and that's with a five game win streak. So think about that.
0: Well, and it's with the seven game win streak that they were on from fourteen yeah. until twenty one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that this thing's going to be that streaky here. I think we're I think we're heading for a period of back and forth a little bit. With this one, uh, as Carolina continues to build their program and Clemson continues to to do what Clemson does, you know, I think uh, I think we're heading back to a little bit more of a competitive type rivalry, um, you know, moving forward. Certainly, South Carolina. It would be great if they got this one because this one's this this one is is more than just bragging rights. I mean, it's it, it changes sort of the narrative for the entire season. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm not saying if Carolina loses Saturday that. There are no bright spots in the programs in the tank. Now that they just got to go recruit, make changes, do whatever they got to do, avoid this thing. Uh, Most importantly, stay healthy, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, boy, if you can win it, it erases Mm -hmm. a lot of disappointment this past year. A lot of disappointment.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, well, first of all, you, you know, it gets you back to a bowl game. And from the programs, from the perspective of this program, they need that they they need not only do they need the game and an opportunity to the seventh win, but but we're all aware of how many young players have have played really their first college football this year, and how many young guys haven't played their first college football but their first real college football getting real time uh and you know getting the month of December to be able to go out and practice and and maybe play again towards the end of december like that that will go a long way I mean. You know, you've also got this thing coming up called the the transfer portal, and you really would like to still be playing football because it puts a – if you lose that last one and you're not going to a bowl game, it, it makes things a little bit easier for players sometimes to say, well, it's over. I don't have anything to do. I'm getting out of here. And and that's going to happen. Like the portal is going to hit South Carolina. It's probably going to hurt them, and the Gamecocks are going to have to go out and and find some guys – Uh, Just like they've had to do every year uh, since this thing really became a thing. But it makes it a lot easier for players to decide, or if they're on the fence wavering whether they want to stay, go, or whatever. JC, you cover this inside and out. You know exactly what I mean. If it all ends tomorrow and there is no more football until they get to spring practice, uh, you know, these guys have some time to kind of sit around and think, and uh, you might see, you know, you might see a little bit more chaos develop on your roster. Uh, during that during that portal period coming up here in about two uh a little bit less than three weeks
1: yeah you the phone starts ringing right because mm-hmm. you're not uh you know i think there's exams coming up you're not really practicing you're just working out you got a lot of free time yeah the, the text start coming in. The, the dms people slide into your dms you ever heard that term yeah. sliding <laughs> to my dms um so i yeah i mean and i'll say this look guys this this portal thing, we almost have to every year sort of reset our minds and and, and examine it in a different way. Don't get too high, don't get too low, um, because it's it's ever evolving. Uh, I'll say this right now, just based on some conversations I've had, uh, I I don't expect um, a mass exodus. I certainly don't expect what happened last year, where arguably three of the top four offensive players bolted. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and, and, and when it looked like they were staying, but I'll say this, don't believe everything you hear either way. <laughs> uh, even even if there's some ominous signs, uh, eventually the truth will come out. Um, I'm not saying just listen to me either. I mean, that's not, that's not me plugging my reporting skills or anything like that or, or Big Spur or anything of the show. Uh, I'm just saying it could get a little hairy. And, I'll, and I think this year – Whereas last year, I think, I think, I think the expectation last year was South Carolina was going to do just as good in the portal as they did the previous year, where they got Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells and Austin Stockner, and, and all these guys, really a lot of good players that came in. Um, but the little thing called NIL caught up with them, and they didn't. Now a lot of people said they failed in the portal or whatever. You know, they should have gotten a running back. If you want to know where they kind of came up short, it's hard to get offensive linemen. I don't know. You know, looked at it the best they can there. Uh, and, and Nick garjulo has been a pretty, pretty studly dude the whole year for them. You know, thank God for him. And they got him out of the portal. Uh, so I don't think it was a complete, I just don't think they did as well as they wanted to. This year, it's going to be so much more about who do you replace the guys that leave with, whether that's people graduating, whether it's people going to the NFL, hitting the portal, uh, whatever. Because uh, I guarantee you, uh, and and uh, there's no specifics here. There will be a player that we all love, that we all thought, "Man, that guy's going to be good." That we're all excited about when they signed him. That maybe has even shown flashes on the field. That that gets up the hell out of dodge.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and you got to look at it kind of like Moneyball. You know, seen the movie Moneyball, right? Yeah. You know, what? How do you replace that guy? And what are you replacing? Are you replacing his potential? Are you replacing him for depth purposes? Is he a special teams guy? Are you replacing his speed? Uh, are you replacing his production? Is it just about his numbers? You know what are you doing? Because that's that's what's going to be important uh, when you're looking at the portal and and then unlike in Moneyball where you have data and years worth of batting averages and on base percentages and stuff, the production doesn't necessarily line up with the potential production for next year. So you have to project on top of that. I would not want to be Taylor Edwards and this coaching staff or any coaching staff right now trying to figure all that out with your job on the line. Um, and these guys' jobs are on the line all the time. Every decision they make, it's about their job. Uh, so, you know, uh, I would just encourage everybody to, to strap up, make sure your seatbelts are fastened, your tray tables are in the upright position. I hope you listen to the emergency uh, uh speech at the beginning where the oxygen mask comes and stuff and you know how to work the emergency doors because it's going to be a wild ride
0: boy you got that right Uh it could certainly be a wild ride both ways Carolina of course can improve their roster big time here in the postseason as well it's 1122 this Black Friday the Black Friday deals are all over the place and we certainly have uh, some from our clients as well including up to $600 off of a Vinton bike, said Electric Bikes of Charleston. 600 Yes, you heard me correctly. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. You can find them on social media as well. And you do not have to be in the Low Country if you would like to shop there. They have the best warranties and the best service, and they can prove that. That's why people come from every corner of this great Palmetto State to shop at Electric Bikes of Charleston. Thank you so much, Michelle, and your family for what you all do. All right, uh, we will tell you more about some of our our friends here and their Black Friday deals as our program rolls along. Remember, use the Chief Sports app if you're out and about shopping today or you need to order something online. Pull up our app and check out guys like Rescues and Resin, Electric Bikes of Charleston, and so many more uh, who have some great deals this holiday weekend. Lots of football to get into, including – Some incredible high school games tonight in semifinal games all across uh, the Palmetto State. We'll tell you what those are. Again, Michael Flint, Wesley Saunders, both set to join us later on as well. Don't go anywhere. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back.
4: Uh, Got its name. And Chickencock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County.
1: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside. All of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong gamecock fan and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been a hundred percent satisfied with the detail and care she uses cindy seerfoss 864-414-5271 banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs
0: building your dream home is often just that a dream and sometimes a nightmare Colombia and Go Gamecocks. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder.
3: Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder.
0: Hey tell you what, Dowell Loggins, Spencer Rattler, and Xavier Leggett sure would like to see that play happen tomorrow night at least once in williams Bryce Stadium versus a pretty stingy Clemson Tigers defense that uh, will be in town, giving up 21.1 points per game. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show part of the Chief Sports Network, which is very proudly presented by Dixie Vodka. I hope you've got plenty of that tomorrow. At your tailgate. It is some smooth, smooth stuff. So, if you're going to be tailgating and getting out there early, make sure you've got the Dixie vodka and, of course, the chicken cock on your table to share with your family and with your friends. A reminder President Donald Trump will be in town tomorrow night at the ball game as well. He is scheduled to come in later on in the afternoon and it will impact traffic. Get there early. Those of you that understand that the president is coming, that also understand that there are 80,000 people that are going to be in the ball game tomorrow night. And the fact that it's a rivalry game showing up at 5 PM tomorrow and then complaining about traffic, nobody's going to want to hear it. So get up, get out there and enjoy the afternoon. Uh, first in, go ahead, JC.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, on the Trump thing. I was at the 2017 national championship game in Atlanta. Trump was there, Georgia Bama. Mm -hmm. We almost didn't get in the stadium. Um, on time. I, mean, I think it was right before.
0: Yeah, there's going right? to be added mean? security. I would.
1: Yeah. So, so, Literally. so get there early traffic wise, because they're going to secret service and all that will block it off. But getting into your seats and into the stadium yeah. is going to be a pain in the rectum. Yeah. So Leave just, early. Uh, I know you don't want to cut the tailgate early. Grab you a couple of fists full of beer and put them in your pockets and, and chug them while you're waiting in line. Cause it's going to be longer, but trust me, I've lived through this before. Yeah. I mean, and it got to the point too. my, like, uh, all the tickets are e tickets now. It, it was so like uh, there was so much internet and, and and stuff going on around the Mercedes Benz that night that uh, that it, we had trouble pulling up our e tickets.
0: Right. So yeah. so make move sure your, you, make wallet. sure you
1: prepare make uh, you prepare be like. Uh, Raymond Reddington from uh, the blacklist and prepare for all contingencies tomorrow Absolutely. before you head into the football game. And, you know, and I don't know if it's changed now that he's the former president, you know, but they still are, there's still secret service wherever he goes. I mean, they get protection and stuff. So just uh, be mindful of all that.
0: Uh, Going to be some excellent games tonight across the state at the high school level. How about this? 26 and 0. A combined 26 and 0 are the Somerville Green Wave and White Knoll, 13-0 on both sides of that one being played tonight at 7.30 at White Knoll. Uh, And uh, so good luck to both of those teams. You've got Greenville at 10-3 at Westside at 12-1 tonight at 7.30. Good luck to everybody playing in that game. Abbeville at 12-1 will take on 14-3 Gray Collegiate Academy this evening. Bamberg, Earhart, and Johnsonville tonight at 7.30. Johnsonville at 10-2 on the season. BE at 12-1. and one. Dutch Fork just could not get it going early in the season for all sorts of reasons, but you just don't discount that program. And once again, here they are in the semifinals. JL Mann will walk in, sporting an 11-2 record. Dutch Fork at 8-5. With a chance to move on to a state championship. Oceanside Collegiate Academy at 10 and 2. They've got 12 and 1. Hampton County tonight on the road. Camden and Brooklyn Casey will be playing. Camden at 10 and 3, Brooklyn Casey at 11 and 2, separated by about 35 minutes. Both of those programs are anxious to suit it up and get out there. Christ Church Episcopal tonight at 11 and 2. They've got St. Joe's Catholic at 11 and 2. Both of those pro- uh, programs. Have had excellent seasons. Another twenty six and zero combined record in this one between Belton Honeypath and, and Daniel thirteen and zero. Both programs they kick at seven thirty tonight, and then this one also twenty six and zero. South Florence and Irmo seven thirty kick this evening uh, in that ball game. So three games with combined twenty six and zero record. Going to be some outstanding high school football being played across the state. All right. Yeah, the I wanted to I I I give a yep. shout
1: out to jail, man. Somebody in the chat box mentioned it the other day and I didn't get to it. That program is like this side of horrible or used to be historically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and now we see all the Phil, all these Greenville County schools are, are making noise. Yeah. It, I heard it's of really St. Joseph's Catholic in there somewhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. St. Christ church. I'm I mean, both they had both a football good.
1: team you know uh you know i mean I, I don't know where this is coming from but uh yeah i mean kudos to those guys i mean you know like there's plenty of people in Greenville just like there's in Spartanburg, Just historically they haven't invested and they don't didn't have middle school football and, and all that crap uh but uh you know i'm pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised by the jl man patriots wow yeah and that's uh you know they've had they've had some basketball guys every night they, they've had some football guys go I guess one kid went to Michigan from man. I think Carolina got a kid from man, but it's their athletic history has not been super solid. so hats off to the Patriots.
0: You got a bunch of games starting today in college football at noon. We've got some pretty pretty wild uh, big 12 scenarios that we'll get to coming up here in just a little bit. But last night, the egg Bowl kind of kind of was an egg. Uh, 17 to seven. The final. Ole Miss did cover by the hair of their chinny chin chin. For those of you like myself that took the ten uh, in our Fab Five challenge. By the way, some of you have snuck in Fab Five challenges today. That game was played last night, so you don't count. Uh, so if you if you have to miss the television set on Thanksgiving night, you're we're not stupid. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> Uh, you will not be. Uh, you will be uh, discounted from the from the standings. But Jackson Dart guys held to only 96 yards through the air, and really no offense to to be found in this game. But Ole Miss did their tenth win of the year under Lane Kiffin, and they also kept Mississippi State at home for bowl season. The Dogs wrapped it up at five and seven. More than likely, more than likely, uh, they could slip in there from an APR standpoint. If there are not enough six-win teams in college football, again, twenty-two programs this beginning today through tomorrow are attempting to get eligible by getting that sixth win. Uh, but uh, the but Mississippi State also finished the year at just one and seven in the league as they search for a new coach. So a couple of things here, uh, guys. First of all, on the game itself, thought there'd be a little bit more in, uh, in all of of offense last night. We didn't get it. Uh, number two, JC. I know you speak. Uh, the the language of the agents in that wild, wild west world that's kind of the underbelly of this whole thing. Any news on how quickly a new head coach might be named out there in
1: Starkville? No. Yeah. There's not. It's been quiet. The, it's been quiet. Um, gosh. I think the bringing Dan Mullen back thing was just a, a speculation by the media, you know, because they – I don't think people respect Mississippi state for whatever reason I do. I know I do. I think it's a great place to coach. I think those fans out there are good fans and you can go win seven or eight a year out there and they're happy. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to run you off. Um, you know, if you do what Dan Mullen did there, you're a hero. Uh, and they understand that they sort of understand their place and all that good stuff. Now, baseball, that's a different story. And I think basketball they have, because they've been to final four and They've been consistently good at times they get a little bit higher standards there, but, but football, they get it. I mean, so it's a good job. I mean, and it's an SEC job and, you know, you can always hit your ceiling there and move on. But, uh, you know, Chadwell was the, the, I guess the, the Vegas odds favorite when the job opened, but I hadn't heard much about him and the, the signs point to him staying at Liberty. Uh, so and the Mullen was in it and, you know, I, maybe some were all, from Troy, but uh, I know Mike Morgan doesn't want to believe me that there's any possibility that Mark Stoops leaves to go to Iowa. But Summerall would be the next guy at Kentucky. He's a Kentucky graduate, uh, the coach at Troy. He came from Mark Stoops' staff, and he's a damn good coach. He's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what direction you would go if you're here. And, and I'll I t- I t- I tell you who I would hire if I were them. Uh, if Trailer does not get from Texas San Antonio does not get the um, Texas AM job, and he would come, because I don't know, some of those, those Texas guys, they just kind of wait for the next, he may be just sitting there waiting, well, I'm going to wait on Baylor to come open, you know. Uh, that guy can coach. I mean, Texas San Antonio started their program. If you, remember Larry Coker was their first coach at UTSA? Yeah, sure do. Um You know, and uh, they, they, I think they, they had Frank Wilson out there for a while, and. You know, he's, he's, the road runners are legit. They played Tulane today. Tulane better watch out. Uh, Willie Fritz is a name that they've talked about. Yeah. I was going to say
2: both coaches in that three thirty game today should be on Mississippi. Yeah.
1: State. yeah. yeah. You know, We've
2: got something uh, in I'm, that here in I, a little bit too. The, the trailer you, thing, yeah. JC, if you, if you,
0: uh, I'm not saying that this is this situation, but if you are coach trailer, UTSA with the road runners and you do, have an opportunity. Let's say you had an opportunity at both. Let's say Mississippi State and A&M are both, okay, like, hey, man, okay, we all know where the more money is going to come from that's going to come from Texas A&M. But, I mean, wouldn't there be a piece of him that's like, well, now, wait a second. If I if I just, everybody that goes to A&M, nobody ever meets those standards. Nobody, did. Jimbo couldn't do it. None of them do. What if I just run on over here to Starkville and just kind of, Do what Lane's doing, just kind of, you know, hang around there and get out there and win eight, nine, get, Oh shoot. They won 10, you know, and like you just said a minute ago, be a hero and, and live that live a great life. But instead of every day, waking up and, and wondering what oil tycoon is knocking on your door because you didn't land whatever five-star recruit you were after out of the state of Oklahoma,
1: man, but you know, he's a Texan. He's from Texas. And everybody in Texas thinks their brisket and chili are the best, right? It doesn't matter if it sucks. (laughs) So, uh, and and everybody's dream in that daggum state is to either coach for the Aggies or Longhorns. I mean, I I just, I think it'd be hard for him or anybody else to turn that job down if you're a Texas guy. I just, I think they think they're too big for it. And Adam Rowe, who is uh, probably one of the most connected people at Duke University, in the business reports the other day, Elko is staying at Duke. So I expect him to stay at Duke. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, it gets to a point where I don't know what the hell they're thinking. You know, if you're the Aggies, you know, you've you shot for the, you, you've, and, and I guess with the UTSA thing, guys, you have already been down that road with Kevin Sumlin, the the in state mid major guy that you kind of promoted. Right. You've gone. You've actually done the Dan Campbell thing when you brought Mike Sherman back. You went and made a big splash with Franchione because he was in Alabama, freaking Alabama. So you reversed the bear thing on him, brought him back to A&M. Didn't work. Uh, you know, and then Jimbo, you, you shot for the moon. You got a sitting head coach with a national championship and it didn't work. So I, said, I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know. what To me, Elko would have been the guy because, you know, he's not a Texas guy. He's from New Jersey. He's different. He has a little bit of time spent there, but he's a proven winner across the board, and he wins. He's won in tough situations. He's won in great situations. At places with resources, they run a good style of offense and defense that's effective and that's been proven in the SEC. I just uh, I don't get it. I think I think the Aggies are overthinking it yet again, and I don't think they're getting Dan Lanning. Uh, I just I don't care how much money they offer him. Oregon's gonna at least come close. And 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 unless Lanning's just a crazy glue sniffer and gotten his press conference and told a Nick Saban I'm staying with the Dolphins level lie, which is worse when you're in college and do it. Okay. In the pros, I get it. You know, Miami media needed to leave Nick alone. Okay. Go back to college. Okay, that's fine. I, I didn't really even care what Bobby Petrino did when he left the Falcons. But look. You say that, and you're dealing with college kids. Your credibility is going to take a hit, you know. If you were that adamant about it, he's like, I oh, know. You know, he started talking about like how he's different than everybody else and all this BS. So, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's that A and M job to me is more fascinating than Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State will hire a good coach. Um, who knows what kind of success he'll have there? You know, uh, it was a tough situation with Leach. I thought. With Leach, they had kind of a the same deal with Mullen. He's so good on offense and such a character. Everybody kind of pays attention to you, and you're going to win seven or eight games a year, you know, and you're going to upset two or three teams every single year. But, um, you know, so I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's uh, what's going to happen. To me, Chadwell would be that guy because of Chad, Chadwell's offense. Now, nobody knows if it will work in the SEC. My suspicion is it definitely would. But who knows? I mean I, I don't know. Man, and, at some and point maybe time, maybe Chadwell wants to stay at liberty for a while and cash that check and, and win 10, 11 games a year and then the ginger get a huge job.
0: Yeah, at some point in time sometimes it's just about hiring a winner. Jamie Chadwell has won everywhere. I know he's um he's been he's been up against the rules a couple of times in his career, uh, but nonetheless he has won everywhere he's went, been.
1: So we're all from South Carolina, right? All three of us our state. When you win at North Greenville and Charleston Southern, oh. you're doing something pretty well, good. Well, I
0: mean, honestly, even Coastal Carolina, I mean, what had they won until he got there and did what he did? They'd never yeah. won anything.
1: Yeah, they just you had know. a rich they, they had a guy that told us that David Bennett who bless us, I like David Bennett a lot.
0: Oh, I love David Bennett. Told the great was right. story
1: about we need some cats. We don't when even know were, we don't know no cats. We need dogs. We need dogs. You know, and and he, he was right. built that thing. And then they 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 hired the billionaire Moglia that was weird, and then uh, and then Chadwell just came in there and did what, did what he's done everywhere he's been win yeah and he picked right on up for Hugh Freeze at Liberty and all he's done is win 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 and what's that song Cam Newton used to do all I do is win 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 I, I'll
0: I'll tell you and anybody anybody with a pulse will tell you it is hard to win at Charleston Southern hard to win. <laughs> at Charleston Southern. Mm. I mean hard to You're win at Charleston me. Southern. And the fact that he did, if you've never been on campus at CSU, I, I, I can name three high schools right now with nicer campuses. It's not, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, um, you know, uh, because I, I just don't. I have respect. And, and, you know, their AD I have a ton of respect for. Um, but, It's it. it, I mean, Jeff Barber has done everything and is doing everything he can out there. Former Gamecock club director. He's the AD for those wondering. And that place, there's just only so much you can do. There's just only so much money. And just (laughs) kind of is what it is, man. It just kind of is what it is. I mean, it's on
2: it the side of like the grown high school out there.
0: it's on the side of the road. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's <laughs> on the side of the road. I stopped there uh,
1: next to the campus when I remember. I guess I left your house when I was in Charleston that night, and I stopped there to to grab a couple of sodas and and take a squirt. Right there next to the campus, and it just—it is. It's on the side of the road. <laughs> it's just
0: on the side of the road. Yeah, just- uh,
1: but uh, and North Greenville is not. I mean, I know, I know, Landon's winning up there in baseball, and it but they sort of transitioned from a two-year school to a four-year school, and it's very remote as well. And and at the time, I think they transitioned to a higher level. And I mean, I don't know, man. He—he's a. I think he's a. He's a winner. Now, and speaking of winners. Mississippi State's an SEC football team, right? SEC Athletic Department. They got money. Why not go hire Lance Leopold or Chris Kleinman from Kansas or Kansas yeah, State for sure? Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are freaking, and those guys the style that they gotta kind of have. I mean, if, from a gamecock perspective, I would prefer that they just hire some some dude that we all go. Ah, it's not gonna work. Because you know, look, uh, Carolina's got to pay attention to these things because they got to play these guys every other year. Now, this is—it's not going to be ten years before Mississippi State comes back on the schedule. They'll be back on in twenty twenty-five most likely. And Carolina have to go to Starkville, so you don't want some coach. You don't want Jamie Chadwell out there. (laughs) He's going to beat you like a drum, even if you're better (laughs) talent-wise. You you want you want somebody that really doesn't know what they're doing, a retread or a or a pro coach that's just passing the time or, you know, somebody that was just kind of 500, <laughs> you know, you don't want, you don't want you don't want anybody that could actually coach going to Mississippi State.
0: We need to step aside for our final break here in our number one, plenty to get to on inside the Gamecocks involving tomorrow night's big matchup between the Gamecocks and the Tigers at williams Bryce Stadium. Tonight, though, it's the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party. Uh, in Forest Acres at the Rockbridge Club, and I certainly look forward to seeing Billy G and, and stopping in and saying hello to all of you that will be in there. It uh, should be a great time as we get prepared for kickoff tomorrow night under the lights at williams Bryce Stadium. Time out. Don't go anywhere. ITG will be right back.
5: Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate. We can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at PalmCasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated.
0: Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career three hundred fifteen hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres Campbell is first all-time in games played at bats and triples second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases third all-time in doubles top 10 in runs scored and RBI and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business soups swing shop if your son or daughter wants to improve their game soups swing shop offers virtual lessons Mike will connect with you diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it call them at 859-414-8240 email soups swingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the chief sports app soups swing shop play ball welcome home that's what the gamecocks say and so does the barn Dough company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit TheBarnDominiumCo.com. That's TheBarnDominiumCo.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. final segment here in hour number 1 welcome back inside the gamecocks the show built by the barn dominium co.com build your dream home you can start by doing that this holiday season by heading to the Barndominiumco.com, the barn co as we call them and you can find them in the carolinas and georgia and in tennessee all right a bunch of matchups being played today 10 minutes away from kickoff between Texas Christian, that would be TCU, on the road at 13th-ranked Oklahoma. 17th-ranked Iowa is already headed to the Big Ten championship game. They're at the Fighting Marcus Satterfields of Nebraska at noon on CBS. Miami's hit the road for Boston College. They also will play uh, at noon on ABC. And Memphis is at Temple now. That game has already started on ESPN. Toledo at Central Michigan today. Ohio at Akron. And Phil mentioned this earlier, good thing, it will fly under the radar unless you know what's going on out there. UTSA, the Roadrunners, are on the road at 23rd ranked Tulane. Both of them maybe could be looking for new coaches next year, as we just discussed, both of those guys, Coach Trailer and Willie Fritz at Tulane, maybe taking new positions uh, somewhere down the road. Utah State is at New Mexico today. Ninth-ranked Missouri is at Arkansas. We're going to pick that game a little bit later on. Careful, Mizzou. Careful. Boise State will host Air Force at 4 today on Fox Sports 1. Tech Tech is at Texas. That's important. We'll tell you why in just a minute. Penn State, 11th in the nation, is at Michigan State. And the Civil War tonight on Fox at 36th-ranked Oregon and 16th-ranked Oregon State. All right, so... Here's the scenario in the Big 12. If you haven't paid attention, there believe it or not this <laughs> is going to blow your mind, but it's it's possible. There are seven teams still who could actually be in the Big 12 championship game. Seven. But it's really only realistic that two of these four will. So Texas and Oklahoma State, all right, Texas is 7-1. and one, Just win, baby. If they win tonight and they take down Texas Tech, they're in the Big 12 championship game. If Oklahoma State wins tomorrow, they're in the Big 12 championship game. They'll be hosting BYU. Now, for Kansas State, And Oklahoma, the scenarios are a little bit different. Oklahoma needs to beat TCU. Texas needs to beat Texas Tech. And Oklahoma State needs to fall to BYU. Kansas State, if they want to get in, they need to beat Iowa State. Texas needs to beat Texas Tech. And Oklahoma State and Oklahoma both need to lose. Uh, so those are the scenarios for those four programs um, in the Big 12, guys. I, I'm, I've am i got a feeling that Texas and Oklahoma State, we're, we'll pick them, are just going to win, and this thing will kind of work itself out and it'll be easy. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and go on records since we'll be making our picks later on today. I'm taking both Texas to win, and tomorrow I'm taking Oklahoma State to beat BYU at home you too phil
2: yeah i think so i i I would agree with that yeah i I just think it'll be it it makes it clean like but imagine the scenario like imagine the ramifications potentially on the college football playoff with a texas loss today right because you're gonna you know you're already gonna have some some shake up at the top there but that would that would seal the deal on the Big Twelve, who still has a chance of getting into the playoff, but that that would virtually eliminate them from contention, I would assume. Right? Yeah, I'm hoping they get
1: beat by somebody.
6: You're talking I, about tech-
1: <laughs> I don't think they're that good. I mean, I think I think they started off and pl- we're playing as as good as anybody in the country. I don't think they're that good anymore. I mean, I think teams change as they move along. Even with yours back, you know, they just struggle. My, I mean, they they, they Kansas state should have, should have had them. I mean, TCU should have had them. I mean, it,
0: that Alabama game that, yeah. that, that had been, that had been their, their focus since probably February. I mean, like when the first time that they were, tried it out there for spring practice.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I just, um, I just don't, I don't know that they're. I mean, but look, if you put Alabama in over them with one loss, you're kind of just sending the wrong message. My guess is maybe they end up, if if Bama beats Georgia, just putting Bama and Georgia both in, and then somebody else, like Ohio State-Michigan loser, gets left out or the Pac-12 champ gets left out. Because uh, they've made a point of talking about that, that Texas game. Uh, and, and I think it's unfortunate. You know, you lose a game in week two. Uh, most teams around the country are dramatically different than they were in, in the first couple of weeks of the season. So... Uh, it's a shame, but, you know, hey, that's that's why head-to-head head head should matter. So, uh, that's well, the deal.
0: Head-to-head's going to head's gonna matter in this one. Tulane and UTSA today at 3.30, guys. All right, so for those that, again, haven't maybe paid much attention, and I get it, I don't blame you, they're both 7-0. and <laughs> There are three teams at the top of the American that are 7-0, Tulane, SMU, and UTSA. All right, so they all are trying to get into the conference championship game. Uh, Tulane, of course, is the only one that is ranked. Here's how this works here. Tulane, SMU, and UTSA, all 7-0 in conference play. Those two play today. Whoever wins that is going to play in the AAC championship game. SMU closes the season against Navy, so if they avoid the upset, then they'll grab that second spot and play either Tulane or UTSA. So it could be that simple. But if SMU loses, it's going to get a little bit – more complex. Uh, SMU and either Tulane or UTSA would be 7-1 and one in the league without a head-to-head matchup. So the ACC goes to a composite average of selected computer, or the AAC, I'm sorry, composite average of selected computer rankings <laughs> to determine who would play
2: in the championship game. Woof selected computer rankings. Are they, are they still running those machines that were dialing up the BCS back in the day just for and giggles there? Is that what we're going to do?
1: Mm. <laughs> Break that bad boy up.
2: Yeah, just fire them, dust it
0: off.
1: <laughs> Hello, Dave.
0: That would, that might be the plug for either Willie Fritz or Jeff Trailer if they get left out because some <laughs> computer says that their percentage of this, that, and the other Tells them they have to stay home. Okay. Well, yeah. you can stay home. I'm off to College Station. <laughs> so right. we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But um, that that's
2: old a bell that They fire that bad boy up. That's right. That's, on a few numbers. It's, uh, this,
0: <laughs> this segment uh, presented by the BCS. All right. We're out of time. An hour one. Michael Flint. Yeah.
1: No, I was gonna say they turn on the computer and it goes, you got mail. You've yeah. got mail. Yeah. <laughs> could have found out it's probably something like Skynet. It's like, right. I'll, I'll solve your American problem, but I hate college football because they got rid of me, and it's self-aware. Yeah. And it shuts down all the electricity at every stadium. <laughs> e- Elon Musk has to fly in to fix it.
7: I don't know. God. Hey,
0: guess who's at the game in Boston College, which is said to kick off in a couple of minutes against Miami, Joe Biden. It's none other than the old pal of one J.C. Schubert, Joe which Orgeron. Oh, I,
7: well, that's very good. Very cold. I used to coach at Miami uh, back in the day, and I got really liquor drunk one night and crashed my car. And I didn't coach at Miami anymore after that. But
1: always been very fond of the U. And those Miami kids are not going to show up today. I just, on my app, I just took Boston College plus 10. Well, there's no way in hell those kids are up there, like, playing their butts off today. Miami's 6-5. and five. What a joke. Yeah.
2: How long is the Cristobal experiment going to last? Uh, it'll last one more year.
1: <laughs> They'll give him some more time <laughs> oh, yeah. because exactly. they're paying yeah. out the nose for him. I mean,
7: maybe he's going to bring in Coach O to Coach's defensive line. I'll be a defensive coordinator, assistant head coach. It'll be my another, my third interim opportunity at the U. I'm right up the road in Dustin. Eating average from the
0: A look back at last year, and a deep dive into this week's ball game: Clemson and Carolina. Plus, a drive around the SEC. Michael Flint and more. Hour two should be fun. We hope you stick around. We'll right this
7: This clam chowder is not
0: average.
8: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
9: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
0: This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran Known, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescues Resin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends, Tabitha and Dustin, in Rescues and Res.
1: My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product. And it can go on any type of food.
6: It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious.
8: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
9: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
0: Inside the Gamecocks, the show, built by the Barno Co. and always live from the Sinorama Studios. They are the preferred sign partners of Gamecock Athletics. Welcome back. We're here until two o'clock. Michael Flint will join us in 25 minutes on our program. Wesley Saunders will be here today at 1:30 as well to talk about this ball game and much, much more. Clemson. In South Carolina, kind of resetting the scene for you again. It's a 7:30 kick tomorrow night. We should all be well aware of that. The Tigers are seven and four, and they finish the year at 504 and four in the ACC. It is a sold out Williams Bryce. It will be under the lights and on the SEC network with Taylor Zarzer, Matt Stinchcomb, and Gamecock grad Alyssa Lang calling it on the sidelines. Of course, Todd, Tommy, and Chet will have it on the radio as well. Last year the Gamecocks ended a seven-game losing streak to Clemson 31 to 30 and boy was it a day to rejoice because Carolina had finally broken through it points and times over the last pretty much decade it seemed like it might never happen. If you don't remember, I'll remind you, Carolina was down 14 points before they came back to win the game last November the twenty-six. Spencer Rattler went 25 of 39 in the game for 360 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Juice Wells had nine catches for 131 yards and two scores. <clears throat> and Mitch Jeter hit the go-ahead field goal with just under 11 minutes to go at Memorial Stadium. Marcellus Dial was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week after that performance last year uh, where he had three pass breakups and an interception. And he only allowed one catch for 11 yards, and he was targeted 11 times. They tried to pick on him.
3: Mm-hmm. Marcellus
0: from the upstate himself out of Woodruff was having none of it. But the star of the game, of course, if you all recall, was Kai Kroger, who averaged 54 yards per punt on seven of them, pinning the Tigers back into their own territory several times. And the Gamecock defense held Clemson to just 336 yards of total offense and only 99. Through the air off the right arm of D.J. Ui Ungalale, who will suit up tonight for Oregon State in the Civil War. Carolina also forced three turnovers in that game. If you don't remember all the streaks that ended, let me remind you of them. It was a lot that went down last season. Clemson had won 40 consecutive home games dating back to the 2016 season. That was tied for the eighth longest home winning streak in FBS history. And it was the longest since Nebraska, who's about to get beat by Iowa, had won 47 straight dating back to 1998. That ended. It ended the fourth longest home winning streak in college football history by one coach over. It ended Clemson's 34-game home winning streak against Power 5 Conference Schools over. It ended Clemson's 26-game home non-conference winning streak. South Carolina had the victory on both ends of that. The last one, 2012, up in Death Valley. It ended Clemson's streak of 72 consecutive wins when gaining at least 200 yards on the ground. That streak had gone all the way back to 2009, over. It ended Clemson's 67-game winning streak when leading Going into the fourth quarter, over. And it also ended Clemson's 63-game winning streak when recording more first downs than the other team. Over. All of that. One day, one point, Carolina ended all of those streaks. And guys, they certainly are going to have to have a lot of the same magic that allowed them to get to that victory, like Kai Kroger's left foot, like Marcellus Dial, like Spencer Rattler, and probably this time like Xavier Leggett, and an offensive and defensive line they're going to need to show up as well if they'd like to start their own streak against that team from the upstate.
1: Absolutely. South Carolina has to play their best game of the year, I think, to win it. Uh, you can't have any surprising breakdowns in the secondary. I think we would all agree, even compared to last season, Clemson's receiving core is uh, – uh, they're not as they're, they're just not what they once were, and not even close. Bo Collins is out. Antonio Williams has been injured for a few weeks. He's he's doubtful to questionable. Um, Adam Randall has been playing with a pin in his hand the entire season. Poor Dabo, last week. Uh, you do have a very talented freshman in Tyler Brown from Greenville High School, and a tight end, Beering Stool, who if you don't cover him. You're in, You're going to have a frustrating night. Um, Cade Klubnik's a good runner, uh, and, and here's what they're going to do, guys. They they don't. South Carolina's going to have to get a lot of people around the line of scrimmage and dare them to beat them passing, and that means Dial and Judge Collier or Emory Floyd or O'Donnell Fortune if he's back, and the safeties. Everybody involved has to cover well, um, and then you're going to have to get some pressure on Kate and not let him escape. Uh, and don't let Barry still sneak out of there and beat you or the backs because, because, the, and they're the type of team too, man, on third and eight, they'll run a draw play and stop it. You know, you haven't stopped Maffa and, and Will Shipley at all in in two years, you know, South Carolina, let's just be real. They have not stopped those guys in either of the last two games. So, you know, it could be a very frustrating night if the defense does not play well against run. The good news is, though, South Carolina's had some games this year, especially at home, where they've stood up against good running teams. Mm-hmm. You know, the defensive line uh, guys like Jordan Strong are playing their best football right now. You know, and 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 you just have to, you, you know, you have to take your chances in this one defensively and and make Klubnik beat you. Maybe he does. Maybe he has a coming out party. Who knows? I think that's highly doubtful, but uh, I like South Carolina's defensive backs against this Clemson receiving core that's banged up, and it's not you know, it, it's just, they just don't have a lot of depth, a lot of quality. I mean, Stiletto's out there playing now. Uh, he's a good player. I mean, they're all good, but uh, you don't have to worry about T. Higgins and Mike Williams and and uh, McLeod and uh, what, what's his name? Uh, uh, T. Martin's kid from up in uh, Tennessee that was really good, and Hunter Renfro and Jordan Leggett, and well, the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, you don't have to worry about those guys, you know. But uh, they will – they're a very frustrating offense to defend if they're churning out – if they're getting in third and manageable or if you're leaky on third and more than five and they hit you with a draw player, or a tight end pass. Because then they just keep the, – that's their thing. They just keep the chains alive. They grind you. Eventually, you're going to miss a tackle, and or Shipley's off to the races. And that's how that's a I've watched a lot of you know obviously I keep up with Clemson because they're the rival and all that but uh, I've watched a lot of them this year and when teams lose when they do not when teams do not do well against them that's what happens defensively now South Carolina one advantage they could have if they get up early and Clemson's not really built to come back unless it's a 2018 Florida Gators versus the Gamecock style. Come back where Florida just said, We're not worried about throwing anymore, and, and, and we'll eventually come back and beat you. Uh, you know, Clemson's not really a team that's uh, all that great at playing from behind. Um, you know, I know they got down early against North Carolina, but boy, North Carolina could have had 21 points, and that would have been a different type of deal. So uh, it's going to be interesting. That that matchup to me, I had a South Carolina's front seven stop, slow the run, and then third, the money down. The money down has to be money for the Gamecocks.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, for the most part, agree with all that. Phil Moffa is an interesting uh, case here. He's run for over 800 yards this year, but 450 of those yards have been in the last four games. Will Shipley, of course, had been banged up. And so Moffa has been the bell cow, 92 carries combined in those four games. And he had 186 yards on the ground against Notre Dame. But now that Shipley's back, Uh, What JC just said is you're you're spot on. You know, both of those guys are going to carry it a lot. Kate Klubnick is also an interesting quarterback, very talented, as we all well know. 19 touchdowns on the year and seven interceptions. He's completing only about 61% of his passes away from Death Valley, but it's not that big of a difference. He only completes about 65% at home. The major difference is his touchdown-to-interception ratio, 14-3 to 3 when he's playing at Memorial Stadium, only five touchdowns compared to four picks on the road. And another stat that's interesting on him, guys, and something maybe to keep an eye on tomorrow night, first and 10. He's thrown seven picks this year, right? On first and 10, he's thrown four of those seven. On first and 10. So, you know, it clearly there's something that teams have seen on tape that have allowed them to go make plays. It's not like it's just been kind of heaving it up there and let's just see what happens. It's been a lock-in type, bad read type throw, which is what you're hoping for if you're the Gamecock defense. He throws it right to somebody. So, you know, it's going to be very important in my mind. We heard Coach Beamer a couple of days ago. Uh, you got this game at home. You haven't beaten them at home since 2013. This place is... Right now, it's difficult to play as pretty much anywhere in the country. It's going to be important for the fans. This this is a message for the fans. On first down, be loud. Not just on third down. Be really loud on first down. Uh, It it is going to be that type of stuff that's going to help impact this game from a fan standpoint. So whatever it takes for you to understand that first and ten – might just be as meaningful as third down and 10 or third and one or whatever it is. Be loud on first down. Uh, clearly, Kay Klubnik has had a difficult time throughout the season on just first down and 10, and especially on the road.
1: Yeah, South Carolina's yeah. crowd and atmosphere. NC State's probably a little comparable, uh, because it is loud and they they get it, they they show up for Clemson. Um, and and so that place is loud, Duke. I don't, I don't really know how loud it was. Uh, that's the game they lost. Syracuse certainly, certainly is not loud. <laughs> uh, yes. And then uh, Miami, I don't think's you know <laughs> loud. Uh, I would not call that a loud environment. So uh, communication is going to be important, I think, if you're uh, Clemson tomorrow night.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. On the other side of the football, too, you talk about communication. That that's that's something else that's going to need to be they need to be in lockstep up front. I mean, we're expecting this to be the fourth straight game that the same offensive line has started uh for the Gamecocks. Clearly it didn't run it that well last game, but I want to go back to what we talked about on Wednesday, JC. It look, Clemson gives up 121 yards per game on the ground. All right. I I I'll I'll say this. If Carolina gets to that average, I probably feel pretty good about where they are in this game tomorrow night. If they get to 121 you probably should feel pretty good about where they are. At least I will. Um, But I don't know that they'll get there. And I don't know that it's necessarily about them going out and just running for a bunch of yards. Maybe they do. Maybe they find something. I don't know what that would be that they magically find. But maybe they find something. But it's more about running when you need to run. Like, they they can go out there and run for 85, 90 yards tomorrow night, 75 or 80 yards tomorrow night, if they can pick up a third and four with Mario Anderson instead of having to throw it when Clemson's like, well, there's no way they're going to try to run it here. They're obviously going to put the ball in the air, and then they come back and hand it off, and he's able to pick up a first down. Those are the type of runs. Like, when we say they need to be able to run the football, like, I'm not trying to sound like I'm some big know-it-all, but, J.C., those are the little things, Phil. Like, the little things, the little runs that at least I'm referring to. Not that they need to have 37 carries, for 214 yards if you do that you can go ahead and put a win in the back but being able to run when you need to run that's what's important when you say they've got to be able to run the football
3: yeah
2: yeah I mean, I mean and offensively you just need to continue to put up this you know no negative plays uh you've got to give yourself the opportunity on third down to keep it short or manageable. That yeah. way you've got the playbook open to you because the minute you become one dimensional on big money downs is when you'll feel that full effect of that front seven who yes. has yelled over the course of this season. And yeah, you don't man. want them to tee off.
1: They are good too. And here, here's yeah. the difference too. <laughs> Spencer Rattler running the football is another thing you got to examine because uh, here's the difference between Clemson and Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky, Spencer can kind of weave his way up, get a first down, especially early in the football game. Dowell Loggins was talking about it uh, this week that he kind of set the tone with his feet against the Wildcats. Here's the difference. Clemson's linebackers and defensive line and safeties are exceptional. They're just just better athletes than – that's my dog coughing, by the way. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's a hairball, buddy? Goodness. Um gosh, that kind of worries me. Uh, but no, uh you know, back to what I was saying. You know, whereas Spencer's gonna be able to weave through, get 13, 14 yards against Kentucky, Clemson's safeties, linebackers, even their defensive linemen close exceptionally fast. Those those big long gains are probably not going to always be there for him. And I saw that with with that the way they played uh, Drake Le- Drake May last week, you know, because Drake's a good runner of the football. Drake got some yards, don't get me wrong, but they closed on him. You know, he could not get that big long one. At the same time, they're also still a gambling defense, and we saw uh uh in uh, Ontario, what is it, Mario Hampton? Uh, we saw him, you know, on certain plays, good play call against bad play call. He breaks three tackles, and he's off to the races. Well, that's something Mario Anderson can do. We've seen him do it. Against a couple of teams this year. So, you know, I think Dowell Loggins is going to have to be really dialed in and, uh, and really, pay, you know, make the win the battle of the coordinators tomorrow night between him and him and Wes. Well,
0: that's, we're going to get to see him. All the offseason chatter about why Dowell Loggins and why not Garrett Riley. And they're going to face off against each other tomorrow night. So we're all going to get a pretty good look, you know, at, uh, at who's doing what. Look, I, the, the Riley situation up at Clemson, we've seen it with our own eyes what Dowell has had to work with here uh, from an injury standpoint, a, a youth standpoint, and pretty much everything in between. Um, you know, the Riley situation, they, they've they certainly had their injuries as well. want to make sure that we point that out. They've been at the skill positions more than anything. You know, they're, largely their offensive line this year has stayed intact. And uh, I think it was expected when this guy – took the OC job up there, JC, that um that he would just walk in and they'd be hanging forty and fifty points on the board every I, week.
1: I thought against at least the weaker opponent, the weaker defenses they they would. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't they I mean, you know, I guess what they, they rolled it up on Charleston Southern, they were down at halftime. Because of turnovers. That's their bugaboo. I mean, honestly, if Clemson did not turn the ball over, they would probably – it wouldn't be pretty. It would be a lot like 2017 where they they sort of ran it and played defense. They'd probably be up in the ACC championship game right now. Yeah. But they just turned it over inexplicably. And and it has not gotten any better. They turned it over against North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the defense at times does have – they're susceptible sometimes to good call versus back call. The Miami Miami run off the goal line comes to mind. Nine, what do you go, 98 yards? Because <laughs> they just they yeah. sent everybody and he ran right by him, you know, and, and they got out of position. So uh, I just, you know, I, I think with the game being at home, uh, you know, South Carolina's got some advantages. I, I think that, you know, it, it should be a good football game. I, but, but I don't think for a minute South Carolina can just go out there and play like they have all year and expect to win it. They, they got to get back to being more explosive on offense. And, uh, and they got to, they got to have their best defensive game. Uh, I think to, to keep them in it and keep the game close. And then you get to the fourth quarter and uh, it's tied. You let Spencer Rattler and the magic take over. So I think that's, uh, that's the deal there. Um, Robert, what, what do you mean? I'm this guy in the chat box, I'm a game cop for life, but fire Beamer and everyone over this program right now. Uh, I love psychology. So what in your mind makes you think that that that's an appropriate thing to say right now? Cause I'm I'm just curious. Cause I like, i watch all those, uh, on the discovery channel, there's documentaries about people, insane people. So that's why I just, I'd love an explanation.
2: On that. so anyway, I mean,
1: what's what, 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 what right now <laughs> decided yeah. to make you put that in the chat box. Yeah. But anyway. Currently, uh,
0: currently on the college football scoreboard, 13th ranked Oklahoma leads TCU seven to nothing with 1133 to go in the first Boston college pathway uh, through the first quarter on Miami seven to nothing there. <laughs> uh, Memphis at eight and three on the years had an outstanding season. They're up 14 to six. Halfway through the first quarter, over Temple on the road, in Temple. Uh, Then a couple other games being played: Toledo and Central Michigan, no score; Ohio and Akron, no score, and there is no score in the Iowa Nebraska game right now.
1: Oh, no, Uh, no points yet. That that, was No, I mean, I was sitting here making my bets on my app. Right? Do y'all know know what the over
0: under in that game was today?
1: Like twenty five.
0: Yeah, it was like twenty five point five. Here's an over under for you. Six and a half for Nebraska. Will they score a touchdown or not against Iowa's defense?
2: No.
1: <laughs> Nebraska's a favorite. They're a two and a half point favorite in this yeah,
0: game. Yeah, I'm not buying
1: that. No, I, I took it. I took Iowa and then I took the under and half the over under at half times 13 and a half. I took I took I was like, there's no way. I was like, it'll be a battle of field goals at the very least. Nebraska
0: you know, defense can play too. I want to make sure we, we give them credit. So that's right. for yeah,
2: not I that. if Nebraska scores a touchdown, it's defensive today.
1: And, and, and you know, here, here's the thing so they, they get all they 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 hung a grand total of 31 against Purdue and they thought they'd arrived. But just like we saw around here, I bet there was a lot of reinventing of the wheel going to Michigan State the next week and they lost to a bad, bad, bad Michigan State team. Bad. Pow. Yeah. You know. Uh, blew it against Wisconsin after getting up fourteen nothing. Because guess who can't make adjustments? Right, pow.
0: Came old. same up.
1: old. I mean, it it is. It's like I feel. I feel sorry because I like Nebraska and I like Matt Rule. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. Aaron, this guy. I guess he didn't check in uh, as to what he. Shane <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hamer probably. Was like, yeah, oh, man, I probably
0: take. forgot to make a phone call there.
1: <laughs> I highly recommend him for this position.
0: We got to step aside for a quick timeout. Quick pick in this game, do y'all? I, I've got I've got Iowa scraping it out on the road.
1: I, I've already got money on Iowa to cover and uh, cover the two and a half and win the game. Uh, I, I did not go the total over under of twenty five, but for the half, I got it under under 13 and a half
2: Phil, uh, yeah, uh, no, Iowa one. wins this game eleven to nine. 11 to 9.
0: 11 wow, to was, 9. Uh, in, in college
2: football. Well done, Phil.
0: Very well done there. All right. Michael Flint is due up next. If Carolina can win tomorrow against that team from the upstate, it would give the Tigers their third straight true road loss for the first time since 2011. A lot of streaks falling for Clemson over the last couple of years. We'll see if the Gamecocks can add to it. We'll talk to Michael about that and so much more when we return. Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston this Friday. Oh.
8: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
9: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
0: This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey, guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran Known, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. RescuesandResin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin.
1: company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food.
6: It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious.
8: State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
9: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
5: Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
0: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Volatric, Aventon Bikes, and more, and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available. All ages and sizes. ElectricBytesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric bites of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Woo! Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina
3: Please
7: go today. Not today, sweetie.
3: One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone, but because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down because you've become my home. You don't have to tell Mama right? because you've become my home.
0: 31. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barn Doco. JC will be back here in just a few minutes. We're gonna slide him out for this segment, and he'll be rejoining us at one o'clock today. Again, Wesley Saunders will join us in an hour from Florida in the Cox As the Gamecocks continue to prepare for the Palmetto Bowl tomorrow night at 7:30. This gentleman, if you want to call him that. Joins us every single Friday to preview Gamecock football, the very single, very disease-free Michael Flint here on uh, what's turning into hopefully a little bit of a better-looking afternoon. A little rainy this morning, Mike. I'm just kidding. We all know you're disease-free. But uh, glad to have you, man. And um, here it is. Once again, it's time to play ball against that team from the upstate.
6: Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, You know, I, I like where we are coming into this game um, I think you've seen over the course of the last three weeks, these guys have really started battling. You can see the the heart. I think you can see some of the continuity on the offensive line. Um, you know, it hasn't been great, but it's getting better. And that's really what what happens when you start to build that camaraderie with, you know, having a consistent starting five, the continuity between those guys really understanding what to do. Um, I think, you know, a little bit of the, the, the transition we've done with the defense and seeing the personnel that we have and the personnel that's playing well and adjusting um, really adjusting midseason I say midseason you know in 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 season to kind of pivot from what you were doing and really um you know utilizing a lot of that three three five um with Jeron Willis in the game and look finding the strengths of your defense see where it are uh, see, seeing where they are um you know and talking with you know some folks that, that, you know, on the, on the defensive side of the ball that really understand football that the three three five can present a lot of challenges for offenses because you don't know where, you don't know where pressure's gonna come from. And mm-hmm. so the guy, you know, the front five, you know, or you know, between the tight ends and the and the running backs on the on the opposite side of the football really gotta prepare for that. And I think that's what's thrown some of these teams off in the Kentuckys and Vanderbilts is not really having a lot of film to watch in regards to you know how we're gonna operate within that within that scheme. And so um that's one thing I'm looking forward to seeing is you know how Clemson decides to to block that you know, what, what they do up front schematically to try and neutralize some things that you know is a is a is a real strength of that of that defense and um you know of, of of what we're trying to do. So, you know, I like where we are coming into this game. It's always it's rivalry week. Um emotions are gonna be high. Um you know the one thing we really have to focus on doing in that first quarter, the first few drives of the game is not being too amped up to where you put yourself out of position to allow big plays or explosive plays and really keep your emotions in check Um mm-hmm. because 15, you know, you know, catching 15 yard penalties early can really put you in a hole can, and can really set you back. So just, just being under control, keeping your emotions in check, but you know, you are going to be amped up and that's part of the game. And that's part of the emotion that comes with this rivalry, but um, you know, kind of being under control as well. But, you know, I know everybody's different in that aspect and everybody handles it differently. So, um, but it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I think this is going to be a really good game. And I like where the Gamecocks are coming into it.
0: Yeah, a couple, couple things. First of all, let me pass a couple of things uh, along. In less than 30 minutes, Gamecock women's basketball tips off at the CLA against Mississippi Valley State. Thoughts and prayers with Mississippi <laughs> Valley State as they enter to take on this team that can score whenever they want to. However many as they, feel like so and we also
2: have dessert. <laughs> yeah
0: we also have uh we have a uh, we have points on the board in the Iowa Nebraska game. Uh and the Nebraska fumbled the punt. Iowa had a chance to just you know score but they chose to just not score and kick a field goal. Because right? that's what those teams do. So um yeah Mike the the three the, the three three five <laughs> The three three five really it, it does it is an interesting conversation here. Um, okay, so I feel like that's a look that would give K. Klubnick some issues, and I would love to go back and study all of the defensive formations that he has had success uh, versus what he has failed against, but clearly don't have enough time to do that. Um, so I think that that's something that could give him some issues. So I, I want you to kind of, I, first of all, do, do you agree with that? Am I am I on there? Based on no, what like, okay, yeah, all right. So if that, that's one side of it, but the the other side of it though, Mike, is that you know Phil Moffa has run for 450 yards in his last four games. Shipley's back and healthy, and he's had a nice career against the Gamecocks, so, I mean, clearly, you know, they, they, they're they going to use these guys, you know, not only running the football, but out of the backfield and those type of things. How, how can you make a 3-3-5? Like, what is important about if you're going to run that tomorrow night to make sure that you can at least slow down the run, but also still be able to Give some different looks and throw some different things at K. Clubnitt. Like, are you are you gaining something but also losing something by doing that against an offense like this? Kind of walk us down that road.
6: I mean, to think a lot, you know, obviously with a three man front, you're losing some of that size up front. Um, you know, you don't have an, you don't have that, you know, per se that additional defensive lineman. Um, you know, we got we have, you know, and it's 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 really tough to say because we have so many guys up front. They're so versatile. Um, you know, guys like Tonka Hemingway that could play inside or outside, um, you know, you got guy, a guy like Alex Huntley that can play right there in the middle. Uh, it, you know, and it's, so I think the one thing, I mean, obviously the obvious, what you see is that, you know, you lose in a, you, you lose a defensive lineman, but you bring in a guy with athleticism, um, you know, that still has size, just, just not, you know, per se where, wherever, you know, how, however, we're looking at it from those three, those three down linemen, um, you know, whoever's in the game. But I think from an athleticism standpoint, you got guys, you know, a lot of it's about run fit. You got to be able to maintain your gap integrity, just like in any, and really in any scheme you do. But you got flexibility to move guys around, um, bring guys, you know, move, bring pressure from different, different, different angles, different gaps, different sides of the field. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of flexibility there, but, you know, you are susceptible to other things. But I think we, you know, you kind of make up for that with the linebackers. We do. I think Stone Blanton is unbelievable in the, and can be unbelievable in the run game. You know, I don't think he's necessarily that that man, that sideline to sideline guy, but he's going to stick his nose in there and and he's going to hit, he's going to thump. And um, I think this has been, this has really helped him out to have some guys on the outside that can really help him. Um, and, and Debo Williams obviously can fly around the field. You know, that guy is the epitome of, you know, what hard work and dedication looks like to see where he was last year to see where he is this year. I mean, I think that, that, that kid deserves all the credit in the world. Um, and, and then getting a guy like Jerron Willis and getting that extra linebacker on the field, I think helps those guys a lot with, in regards to flexibility. Um, you know, being able to move around and bring, bring, bring pressure from different areas, but you also got to maintain that gap, that gap integrity in those run fits. Um, that's going to be the big thing, but if we could get in there and, and, and utilize different twists and different stunts, um, you know, to kind of create a little bit of chaos up front with what Clemson decides to do from a run scheme standpoint. Um, You know, obviously in a, in a zone scheme, it's a little more difficult in some aspects to moving and twisting guys around. Um, But there's also other, other things you can do defensively. And, you know, I know coach white has been uh, the brunt of a lot of criticism, but, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit here and what this defense has been able to do and, learning with the personnel you got and those guys that are, that, that, that are healthy. Um, but no, I think a lot of it comes down to the run fits and gap integrity and just, you know, not, not overcommitting um, and, and really overshooting, um, your responsibility. Cause that's where, that's where the holes start to open up. And turnovers,
0: Michael, uh, the Gamecocks have forced nine turnovers during this three game winning streak at Williams Bryce stadium. And, uh, Of course, those teams are named Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and Jacksonville State. This is the biggest opportunity of all four home games being played in Columbia this November, the 24th-ranked team from the upstate. The Tigers' last two road games that they've played in, they've lost at NC State and at Miami. I pointed this out earlier. If they lose tomorrow night, that'll be three straight true road losses in a single season for the first time since 2011 for the Clemson football program. Uh, Michael, in those two road losses at NC State and Miami, Clemson combined for five turnovers, and and that has seemed to be their bugaboo this year. When much like this this game last November in the Upstate, if you can make them cough it up, there's there's a chance you can go in there and beat those guys. And and I think that if you if you said literally pick any stat any stat at all, running, passing, whatever you want to pick, I would say the, the turnover stat. If Carolina. Wins a turnover battle probably by two or more. They probably have a great chance at winning the game.
6: Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, you know in, in any football game you play, you win the turnover battle, you're going to have a shot to win the win win the game. Um, you know, I think like you know, kind of like what we said before, like you know, in baseball, we, we hit hitting is contagious. Um, I think turnovers are contagious too. You start to do uh, when you get back to doing the little things and focusing on those types of things. Um, you know, they're always there. You're, you're not. You're not thinking about doing it. You just kind of react, and it just – it happens naturally. And when those turnovers start to happen, it's right there in the back of your head about how you tackle. Um, I think you've seen it in other football games with trying to punch the ball out and strip and rip and do all those things. I think previously gotten away from doing some of that consistently. But as those turnovers start to happen, you start thinking about it more, and it's more in the back of your mind. So that's why – you know, that's why I think they say, you know, turnovers are contagious just like all that because it's it's going back to doing the little things – you know, in, in, in tackling, and that's, you know, trying to rip, strip, you know, punch and all, all that. I think they've done a good job of getting back to that. But that's also playing team defense, um, you know, and everybody getting to the football. And that's what we've done. You know, we've been a lot better with that over the last three games. And they're having fun out there. You can tell those guys are having fun. And I think being at home plays into that. And, you know, I think if we get a few turnovers, Early, it's a it's a different ball game, and they've been susceptible to that. Um, so that's a, that's going to be interesting to see uh, come Saturday night.
0: Michael Flint here on Inside the Gamecocks the show at twelve forty two on this Black Friday. I understand you've already been doing some Black Friday shopping. I want to remind everybody that our friends at Gamecock Traditions have incredible deals: fifty percent off sideline polos, the ones that the coaches wear. Yeah, those fifty percent off, five dollar t shirts, fifty percent off of Under Armour shoes and a partridge in a pear tree. GameCottraditions.com. You can order online and in store if you're going to be in the Lexington area today through the weekend. Um, Mike, we were talking about running the football earlier with, uh, with Mario Anderson and probably DJ Braswell. It's going to be more than likely a difficult evening for him, being a true freshman. This Clemson defense is good. Let's give credit where credit is due. Um, they're good. Their front seven presents a lot of challenges. That's not new. They've been doing this for a while up there. Jeremiah Trotter kind of sets the tone at the linebacker position for them. They they give up an average of 121 yards per game on the ground. Mike, I, if Carolina can get to 121 tomorrow night, woo, boy, they probably feel pretty good about themselves. That means that Spencer Rattler is probably slinging it all over the ballpark. Um, but I don't know that they'll get there. So what is important in your mind about the run game? Is it about the yardage or is it about – where you get and when you
6: get that yardage? I, you know I think it's a, it's 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 how you get it. Um, like I, I really do. I think it's how you get it. Um, and you know that I know Clemson's defense has been they've been very vulnerable at times um against the run uh, against certain teams. they've given up a lot of yards, but then there's games where they've just they've strapped it up and they've been phenomenal against you know phenomenal stopping the run. So, you know, I haven't seen, you know, what they've done or what other opposing offenses chose to do, but you kind of look back at some of the stats and, um, you know, that's kind of where I look to see is some of those teams that had a a lot of success running the football against against Clemson, you know, what they did, what they did up front, you know, what type of personnel they used um, and what, you know, schematically what they did. Because Clemson can be vulnerable against the run, but they are really good at stopping it too. Um, But I think it's all about, you know, the the, the down-a-distance the scenario here, um, you know, how we get those yards. You know, it's you – know, you know, getting one run for 75 yards or so and then, you know, coming back and not being able to do a whole lot, you know, it's different. But um, if we can just be consistent, I think that's going to really help open, a, open it up for us if we can have a little success running the football. But, you know, I think the most important thing, I mean, it's how we've won a lot of these games this year. I mean, I don't think we've really won a game – running, the, having a lot of success running the football and just being the bigger, better men up front and really imposing our will and marching up and down the field. But, you know, creating some time for Spencer Rattler, and I think you look back at this game last year and what we were able to do was a really good game plan, Um getting the ball out of Rattler's hands quick, um, moving the pocket, uh, shifting the pocket for him, utilizing different uh, pass protections up front to, you know, to show run, get him outside, um, giving him some time to throw it downfield. Uh, you know, a lot of that it was what was so cr- critical in last year's game, which was, you know, an effort to create a little time for him. But that's going to be the most interesting, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is allowing Rattler some time to throw the ball. Because mm-hmm. if you can, you know, if we can, um, if we can allow Rattler to throw the ball downfield, it could be make for a long day because he's been unbelievably accurate this year. Um, you know, I ha- it's just been, Phenomenal to watch. Really, that when you give that guy time, you see what he can do, and that's really it. I mean, it's you know I think it's kind of simple for us, is you know we know we're not going to be able to establish a run game and win with a running game, so we got to be able to throw the football. And how can we get creative to allow Rattlers some time, utilizing play action, um, utilizing the run, the passes, and extension of the run. That was a huge thing for us this season. I mean, I think you saw it early that you know we used a lot of quick game, a lot of quick screens. Um, a lot of that utilizing that pass as an extension of the run to get, you know, five six yards on first down. You get second and four, second and three. That opens up the playbook and it keeps the defense on their heels a little bit. And I think we were able to do that last year. And so, um, you know, how can we how can we keep that defense on their heels is going to be critical because I think for us to win, we're going to have to score a lot of points Um in a kind of a shootout type fashion. And um, you know, win the win the special teams battle. I think again. Like last year, it's going to come down to us. Spe- I think it comes down to special teams at the end of the day, and um, who's better in that that aspect of the game.
0: Yeah, Mike, we're 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 moving into that. Ten turnovers created by the Clemson defense in the last three games, and you mentioned the r- the rushing yards just a minute ago and what they've given up because they gave up two forty eight. Last- I was at your house or your your condo, watching the North Carolina situation unfold. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Amari and Hampton dropped or fumbled the football. It was a nice play by the Tigers defense, but fumbled the football in the half yard line. Uh, but they ran for two forty-eight in the game, the Tar Heels did. Notre Dame, I think, ran for 183. So that's four four hundred and thirty yards, four hundred and thirty-one yards in two games. But yet Clemson won both those games and they also beat Georgia Tech because they won the turnover battle. When they when they lose the turnover battle, uh, they they seemingly get beat, as I pointed out earlier. So, it, it, in addition to running and every all the stuff that you just went through, it's very important. Like Spencer Rattler, probably the last time we'll see him play at williams Bryce Stadium. Uh, you know dang well that this is personal to him. Uh, you know dang well that it's personal to Xavier. Together, yeah, there's a bunch of guys to carry on. Joiner and whomever else they get out there. Um, so, but like. I, I'm not going to say that they have to play mistake-free football, Mike, but it sure would be sweet to see that, uh, because if you make too many of them, that's 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 how Clemson wins right now. They they have been creating these turnovers, and then they have been scoring points off of them, and and then vice versa when when they get beat. Um, all right, special teams. I, I just have a little bit of a hunch here that Kai Kroger is going to have a night tomorrow night because you could you could make the argument he won the game last year against Clemson up there. I, I I just look we watch it Michael we go in there before the game you've done it I've done it we've all done it you watch him in warm ups and he's banging it 60 yards and then you get in the game he had a couple nice ones last week but he still had a couple of those man what like scratch head scratcher type punts I I, I feel like there's magic that's still sitting there. And when he suits it up tomorrow night, like, man, I punished these guys last year. That might be the, that might be that break the the glass type moment. He needs to to mentally get through it and bang a couple. Cause they, they're going to need his left leg tomorrow night.
6: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, special teams is a huge aspect of the game. I think you go back to when we played Tennessee, I believe it was, uh, it was Oh three and they had one of the Colquitt brothers. And I mean, it was, they put us in so many bad down and distance situations that it was hard for us to have any sort of sustained success on offense starting inside your own 10 yard line, your own five yard line because you're just trying to create a little bit of space between you know that uh, line of scrimmage and, and the goal line. and it really takes you out of what you want to do offensively just because you're trying to create some space um, out of that you know out of that end zone. So you know it really takes you out of your game plan until you can get up closer to the 15 20 yard line. And so, you know, for him being able to utilize that big leg and be able to 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 put Clemson back in there, you know, in in long um drive situations like that inside the 10, that's a that's a that's a huge that's huge um for us defensively because there it really limits what you can do because you know when you if you when you can flip the field like that, I mean that's that's massive. And I think you've seen that you've seen that before. And that's you know, we ended up going to to overtime with Tennessee and losing that game because we weren't able to really do much on office, but when we were outside the end. So we were, we were having some success moving the football, but um, yeah, that's a huge part. And we need that. We need him, you know, to kind of get back to, to that. Um, and, you know, there's no telling with, with uh, coach Limbo, what, what's going to happen out there um, from a, from a fake standpoint, whatever it may be, kickoff punt, um, any of those. So that's always something else that, that you make those, uh, you're go have to make Clemson prepare for, and they're gonna have to spend a lot of time during the week on special teams, to where they may not spend as much time against other opponents. So anytime you got to spend more time on one phase of the game, it takes away from a preparation from another. So I think that's a big, a, a key thing for us. But yeah, getting that left leg back going, pinning them, and in, in back inside the ten is gonna be huge. Yeah, it's. It, I think you're
0: exactly right about that. There's no doubt. I, I'll be interested. I mean, Coach Sweeney. You know he's no dummy. He 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 scouts well, and he understands that um, that that's in the bag, and then the arsenal for for the Gamecocks, and there could be something somewhere that they elect to use tomorrow. And I, I think you will see something from South Carolina at some point in time. Um, but you know you those things, Mike. You know they're they're fun when they work, but boy they they feel like they can beat you when they don't. You know, and and so a a big time call like that, if there's some type of fake or something. Um, can either change the game for the good or for the bad, and when you've got a game of this magnitude, you're trying to get to a bowl game. You know, you you almost wonder, is there hesitancy? Yeah, hey, this is a great spot, but God, if it doesn't work, it could burn us. You know, it's this is the last one. We don't get it. We don't get a makeup here. Like we we have to win this game. So I'll be anxious to see how that yeah. all goes. Of course, Shane Beamer is also kind of a he's kind of a Kenny Rogers. You know, sometimes yeah. it's
6: like just do it. And prep, yeah. And preparation takes a lot of that guesswork out of it because, you know, they're so good at, at, at when you plan for these things, you're looking for a certain set. You're looking for a certain, I say, formation. You're looking for a certain alignment where guys are aligned a certain way. Where you've seen from from film prep that if these guys are aligned in in the, in this way, we're running it. And you know, if that first or second time they come off the field and then there's two times in a row where they're in that alignment. If they're in the right down, if they're in the right, the right side, the right portion of the field to, to utilize that fate, they will. in that and but that that's all where game prep or film prep comes comes from. And those guys have been repping it throughout the week so many times. So they know it's almost like you know, you, you have a two-point play and they're lined up in that defense that that you that's 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 what you're looking for. And that's what you've seen through film study, that if they're in this alignment. We know this place successful and you've already you know it's almost like you've already you've already run it. Final thoughts here from you, Mike.
0: Um, what you anticipate seeing tomorrow night outside of a loud and boisterous crowd by the way, the game walk will be at 525 525 and a reminder bill we're gonna we're going say this again. So when we read message boards and tweets from Saturday through Monday, and everybody complains about the traffic guys everybody the University of South Carolina has been trying to tell people all week long there's a special guest coming his name is President Trump he'll be there later on that evening get there early when he comes that means there's going to be added security which means it's going to take longer to get into the ballpark so don't complain you know prepare um so 525 Gamecock walk on Friday but Mike with all that said you know final thoughts on the game uh you know from from all angles here what you feel like you need to see for Carolina to start a streak of their own against that team in the upstate?
6: Yeah, you know, I think – you know, I, I like where 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 we are now, where we've come from. Um, you know, the continuity up front with our offensive line. Um, you know, it's not where they want to be, but I think we've seen improvement. And that's really what we've been asking for is, is improvement. We want to see those guys improve. And that's what they've done um, the last three weeks. So from where from where we were, um, it felt like we were just kind of on that steady path with those guys of just getting eaten alive and not being able to protect Spencer very well. But I think, yeah, I think we've done um, a better job of that. I think they're starting to build that continuity now. I don't think, you know, I think the deep, that that uh, number zero from Kentucky, that defensive lineman, is was phenomenal and was a game record. And, you know, I don't know if Clemson has a guy like that, but they got a lot of guys up front that are very similar. So I think that really has helped prepare those guys for the talent level that they're going to see um, on Saturday night. But I think that that's going to help. And we got to be able to, you know, to, to, to run the football and have success at the right times to create, you know, good down-to-distance situations, positive down-to-distance situations to where we can take shots. Because, you know, I don't think there's many people in the country that can cover Xavier Leggett down the field. And being able to get Nick Harbor down the field.
3: Oh no!
2: Yeah, that would figure. That's a good look <laughs> right one, there at the end, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, he'll. he'll uh, we'll give him one. One. There he is. Oh, I know. You. Um,
6: you know, it's phone a call pile up internet, but no. Um, uh, you I know. <laughs>
0: I think he's getting a phone call is what it is.
6: That's what I think
2: is, like, yeah, phone call. Yeah,
0: you're getting a phone call, aren't you?
6: No, I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. man. But, now I really like where we're at right now as a team um, to, compared to where we come from. You know, I think if the defense continues on the same path. Just I think if you can create a little bit of chaos for K. Klubnick, I think, you know, I don't want to say panics, but, you know, I think he second guesses a lot of things. And if, if we can get into his head early, get some pressure on him, and kind of create a little bit of chaos for him. That That's really huge for us. And I think for us offensively, having a little bit of success running the football to be able to take some shots downfield. Because, you know, when we get Xavier Leggett going, you see what this offense can be and how many points we can score. So I think that's really a lot of it um, for us. And I think, you know, I really, you know, really like where this team is right now. Um, together, the cohesiveness. I think you can see that. You can see that on the field and you can see it on the sidelines. I mean, the defense is, flying to the football all uh, all 11 guys flying to the football and something we hadn't been doing early on in the year so i really like where the gamecocks are i think the game i think the gamecocks pull it out again but i think we're going to, have to score a lot of points and something similar to last year i'm you know i'm thinking 38 35 gamecocks Ooh, 38 point. okay
0: all I'll right take
6: i'll <laughs> hop on your
0: back and ride that and if you're if if you're taking me there uh, well, uh, taking you there, yeah. All right, 38 35. Mike, just all like John right, we'll...
6: Kingston, I'm gonna take you there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, too much wine on Thanksgiving night for yeah, <laughs> Mike. I'll holler so... at you later. <laughs> Safe travels to Columbia, great stuff as always. Um, it uh, we're not totally done with all this, uh, we still got a couple more Fridays to talk some ball with you. Uh, but um we've uh, once again had another another wonderful wonderful year of game prep around here with you and and really really can't thank you enough first of all for being one of my only friends that I have left but uh second of all for doing such a wonderful job for all of our fans that's awesome man thanks
6: I appreciate it guys I've enjoyed it yeah happy thanksgiving to y'all and the family and go Cox.
0: We'll see you this weekend the original one nine Michael Flint uh, as always here on Fridays. We are out of time. In hour number two, Wesley Saunders joining us in about 30 minutes. Plenty more in this game. And around the country, we'll make our picks. A lot of fun coming up in hour three. Do not, do not, do not go anywhere. Charleston Fitness Equipment will get you into shape. Might be the gift you need under the tree this holiday season. How about a hydro rower for $450 off right now? AustinFitnessEquipment.com.
9: We'll be right back. Which is every time 803 543 6297. 803 543
0: 6297. Shop Charleston fitness equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, ellipticos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise, Inside the Gamecocks, and the Chiefs Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. columbia and go game Pops.
3: charleston fitness equipment is keeping south carolina in shape
7: And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good, Coach O Signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger.
4: For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it.
9: This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit G's BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
2: A little peace and some harmony will change the world.
0: Final hour, Thanksgiving week here on Inside the Gamecocks show. We are so glad you've spent it with us. Hope all of you and your families have had wonderful holidays as we head into rivalry weekend. It has already kicked off. Games are underway if you are watching them and watching us. Thank you so much for doing that and uh, of course tomorrow night at 7:30 it will kick off between the Gamecocks and the Tigers at Williams-Brice Stadium plenty to get to on that game quickly on the scoreboard Oklahoma is up on TCU 21 to 13 in the second quarter we've got a touchdown in Lincoln Iowa 7 to nothing over Nebraska with 10:33 to go okay. in the second there the no hurricanes of Miami have uh, right. Fourteen to seven, the score. Uh, they're on top there. Memphis up big on Temple early, twenty-one to six in the second. Holy Toledo! Uh, T- Toledo, by the way, has had an unbelievable year. The Rockets are ten and one, seven and zero in maxion. and they're trying to get their eleventh win of the season by defeating the Central Michigan Chippewas today. Uh, but there's no score in that game. Five minutes to go in the second quarter, and then Ohio and Akron, quite the, quite the rivalry there. Uh, seven, it, three, 2 7329 Akron leads eight. Is three. it in
1: the rubber bowl or in Athens, Ohio?
0: It is in Akron. At Akron.
1: The rubber bowl is rocking today. The rubber bowl. Joe <laughs> Joe Moorhead still coaching at Akron. Yeah, they yeah, have, you yeah. know not have Terry Bowden and Joe Moorhead back to back at Akron.
10: Somebody's <laughs> yeah. a little
1: serious about Zips yeah. football. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, they're one of two schools in the country where their mascots a kangaroo.
0: Couple couple of quick things here that. in the and I and I under I understand the question but you know there needs to be more context. Uh, Jay Diz asks, if we win are you fine with Beamer not making changes to the coaching staff if we lose do you want to see Hardesty and Clayton let go. Well, what I mean, what if they win 7 to 3? You know, uh, what if they lose 7 to 3? You know, d- just because they lose seven, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, you can't really put, you can't, it's not a fair question. What if, what if they lose, you know, 13 to 10, but they run for 255 yards in the game and Daniel Hill commits that night? You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many things that, that just aren't included in a question like that. I'm not trying to pick on you, Jay Diz, but, it, you know, I, it, it's not as simple as, okay, well, we lost, so you two guys get out. I don't think it's that simple at all. I'm not saying that they don't need to or won't make changes or address things in the in the offseason but I'm just not sure that I, I I can possibly answer a question like that because there's a lot that happened. I mean with, with, if they win the game 63 to 60 over Clemson tomorrow night but run for 75 yards uh, and the defense gives up 60 points but they won so Clayton White, you know, gets to stick around in the game up 60 points. I just it's not a, I don't think it's not a very fair question, to be honest with you. I'm not saying there won't be changes. There might be. I don't know. I have no idea. But, um, but I, I feel like context needs to be added to things like that.
1: Yeah. I would just say this. Just, yeah, you know, that's a discussion for next week. I sure. Mean, Absolutely. Right now, uh, you know, just like with portal stuff and recruiting stuff, I mean, certainly uh, we're going to talk a lot about that. But, man, it's the Friday before the Clemson Carolina game. Yeah. And the Gamecocks have are at home. They have a lot to play for. This isn't a 10-1 and 1 or 11-0 and 0 national championship contending Clemson team. They've done a nice job of turning their season around. Uh, nothing but respect for their program. It speaks for itself, okay? I'm not being disrespectful to them at all. But this is another – this is an opportunity for South Carolina. This, this is a great opportunity at home against a team that has not played well away from home at all. Like it's a team that's very limited at the skill positions. Uh, a team that, you know, if South Carolina's man enough, I've said that all year. This is a this is a man up game. A line of scrimmage, offensive line, freshman, you're not freshman anymore. You, you gotta go take it to these guys. You gotta do your job. Defensive line, a lot of in state kids on that defensive line that want this game very badly. Clemson's offensive line's played a lot better lately. You know, running running back, Mario Anderson's got to run like it's no tomorrow, just like he has all year. I mean, you know, Carolina's got to be the tougher football team, you know, because that's what Clemson brings to the table. That's what this year's version of the Tigers are. They're a blue-collar, grind it out, play defense, run the ball football team, which many of you that were jumping off a bridge last year when Garrett Riley took that job as OC, uh, but you're kind of wondering what why, why does one team have the explosive – modern passing attack and the other doesn't <laughs> I bet you didn't think it would be these it, w- it wouldn't be flipped like this would you so um <laughs> but that, that's who they are you know and and, and look to davos credit he's not afraid to win that way you know i mean they oh, like no. to score a lot of points they like to go up and down the field but there's been years where they haven't been able to do that and he'll run it and play d all day right he, he's like a Uh, there's a little Mark Stoops in there. You know, I don't think Dabo's the defensive mind Mark Stoops is, but he doesn't mind playing defensive, running it and grinding you down. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what will happen Saturday night if South Carolina doesn't man up and show up and play their best football game.
0: What is uh, important early in this game tomorrow night, guys?
1: I think getting on the board scoring, moving the ball, getting a stop, having having good things happen on on all three phases really, but uh, at least in one, you know, getting some momentum. I, I would like to see, you know, you sort of risk it if you kick, if you win the toss and kick, and put your defense on first. But but I want to kind of get a look at at club club Kub kate clubnik clubnik. My God, I knew that. I've been saying it right all day. I want to get a look at them, see how they are, see what they want to do. Now, the risk you run is they line up and run it up your butt, 12 plays, 74 yards, and take six minutes off the clock, and the, the place is dead. But I want to see – I want to see – I would like to see Clemson's offense react to this environment because, it, like like I said, NC State's the closest thing to this. Uh, but th- th- it's – dude. The, since the light show's been in town, Carolina has not lost a game at home at night. Not one. Yeah. No.
0: The look, Jeremiah Trotter, is the man that this entire defense runs through. His numbers this year are phenomenal. I mean, he is probably a first round draft pick and should be. Eighty two tackles, five and a half sacks, two interceptions, which is tied for the team lead. Eighty two tackles does lead the team, and five and a half sacks. Guess what? That also leads the team. Um, he also has two forced fumbles. You're not going to believe this. That leads the team. I mean, he he's he's been a one man wrecking crew. I'll be anxious to see what South Carolina does with him, and I'll also be anxious to see uh, what Clemson or how Clemson elects to utilize him from a pressure standpoint and who he covers. Uh, you know, is that is like if you've got if he's covering Trey Knox, I think it's advantage Jeremiah Trotter. I, I don't I don't I I love Trey. I don't know that Trey is the guy. That is, uh, is going to be able to break away in one-on-one type coverage, right? And that's a that's a traditional matchup there. Tight end, linebacker. You you probably will see that at some point in time. But when they do set him free, what does South Carolina do with him? And who is it? You know, if Mario Anderson has to come out of the game and DJ Braswell has to come in the game, and you look at the Clemson sideline, there's probably a pretty good chance. Depending on what South Carolina, what the rest of their personnel looks like, they're going to try to find a way to get Jeremiah Trotter active towards Spencer Rattler because DJ Brazel isn't going to know what to do with him. And for that matter, really, I don't know that Mario Anderson, although he's a tough nut to crack, is going to have a whole lot to do about it either. Um, So that I mean, look, at the end of the day, like we can sit here and pick apart all these little matchups and talk about things that are under the radar or whatever. How are you going to stop Clemson's star? And 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 I think that that really is what this is going to. I mean, the front seven are dandy, but you know the rest of those guys they work off of what he does. As good as they are, he's still the one. He's still the star of the show. So they got to find a way to manage him. And I'll be anxious to see what uh, what Carolina comes up with on that.
2: Yeah, I think you could tell the last few games that they've put together offensively have been. I mean, there's little wrinkles in these in these formations, you know, and and you know, personnel that we haven't seen all year that are creeping their way into this game plan. And I think all of that kind of specifically leads to this game. Uh a to give them more to prepare for, uh, which is the only reason I think or Sellers found the field last week was specifically for this week. And then, you know, <laughs> There's going to be something that we haven't seen, and not necessarily tricks or gadgets or anything like that, but just plays that are run that I think are designed to do exactly what you're talking about, JB, is to neutralize some of the biggest threats in the front. Um, Yeah. And I'll be happy to see that because, I I mean, I think we've, we've got a, a body of work here almost an entire season of what Dow Loggins has been able to do. And it, it just, I have a feeling, I have a lot more confidence going into this game than I did last year from an offensive perspective. I'll put it that
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you wonder if, is it Nate Wiggins that will draw Xavier Leggett? You know, more than likely, I would think. Um, and and if it is, can he cover him? I, I don't know that there's anybody that can cover Xavier Leggett. And that's not no, – no disrespect to Clemson. That's not what I'm getting at here. I He hasn't covered all year. Uh, and he's seen some of the best corners in college football. So, you know, I, I don't – the star – J.C. says this often. I, I agree with him. I think this is another one of those games. Much like last week, it was a low-scoring game. But guess who won it for him? there's Their stars. The stars have to play well tomorrow night, period. And if they don't, they'll get beat.
1: Yeah. And I can have some help too. I mean, the guys like Amari and Brown need to do their share. Uh, you mentioned Trey Knox. If if Trotter's covering him, then, you know, that that could be problematic. But, um, you know, Josh Simon as well. Um, you know, uh, Omega Blake, shoot. You know, the guys that uh, – I mean, you know, I know, I know, DeCarion's going to be back, and I, I didn't expect him not to be back for his last game. And you have to wonder how, how effective he'll be at all, you know, coming back from injuries and stuff. But um, you know, so it's, uh, it's one of those things where you know, you, you, and it's, it kind of sucks because it's like this is a game where you could use a guy like Juju McDowell, and and if you notice before he got hurt, they were using Juju kind of like he should be. Like, he'd get a couple of carries here, they'd split him out, they'd throw it to him. They especially like to give it to Juju on, like, money downs, especially, like, inside the 30. Mm -hmm. And You know, because he – you know, I think Florida was the game. He touched it twice and scored two touchdowns. Um, That guy, he's a veteran guy. He's slippery. You know, he can kind of weave in the defense and all. You know, I don't don't know that Brown – Hopefully, he may. I mean, he's always been capable of being that person. He's shown some signs, but he's not as consistent at it as, as McDowell. Um, and Clemson's secondary, man, I mean, they're not, they're better than they were last year. I'll tell you that, but they're not, they're not chopped liver. They'll hit you, they'll cover well. You know, are they like Georgia's secondary? No, but they're, they're good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're not, uh, they're not Swiss cheese. I, I do I like Wiggins versus if I'm a Clemson person, do I like uh, do I love Wiggins versus Leggett? No, but I, I don't. I don't really like. I mean, who the hell are you get it get a car- Cam Chancellor? Who's who's gonna be able to match up with Xavier Leggett? Right. I mean, seriously. Um, so Spencer's got Yeah, Spencer's got to keep being accurate. And, and there's some passes Spencer Rattler throws where it doesn't matter what you're doing coverage wise. Because he throws it where only the receiver can get it. The receiver catches it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, The pass to Knox the other night and an early pass to Leggett, both were like that. I mean, he – you know, I I still – probably one of the best passes I've ever seen him throw, guys, was at the Tennessee game last year. The first play of the game, he fires an out to Trey Kenyon, of all people, throws it only where Kenyon could get it, and Kenyon gets it, turns up the sidelines, gets a 10-yard (laughs) gain, scoots up skadoot, and that pass was unbelievable. I mean, nobody talked about it because it was the beginning of a big night. But, you know, things like that, it really doesn't matter what Clemson or anybody else does. But you have to give Rattler time, and he has to have open guys and, you know, all that jazz. So, you know, and that's the thing, too. You know, Mike Morgan talks about this all the time. Who has the better quarterback? Because my loves quarterbacks. And uh, I think, I think you know, nothing against K. I I think South Carolina clearly has the better quarterback in this football game. I mean, and 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 JB, I think it was you, and it, we were talking on the show. When is the last time you could really say that? I mean, Connor and Todd well, what, had some battles, but they were pretty. La, last
0: year, last year, you could say that. Oh, last uh, year, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, and but we prior that, to that, right? mm-hmm. yeah, no, right, and and prior to that, I, I, you know, I, I would say. um, Clear, I mean, clear cut now. Like, yeah, I mean, clearly Carolina fans are going to raise their hands 10 years later and say, well, then wait a second. You know, Connor Shaw was way better than Taj Boyd. Well, I mean, was that clear cut back then? Like, Taj Boyd Mm -hmm. set every record in the history of the ACC. So, I, you know, I, if I guarantee if you ask Connor that question, he would say, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, but Connor and Steven collectively beat those guys for five straight years and and Dylan, um,
1: I can make an argument in seventeen. that Jake Bentley was better than Kelly Bryant. Uh,
0: okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, but but, again, but but it wasn't. But it wasn't clear cut, though. That's the thing, right? But was it Bentley, clear cut?
1: Probably not at the time. Yeah, exactly. Kelly was playing really well. Now it ended up Kelly fell apart at Missouri, but uh, right. It you know so it wasn't clear cut, but then, yeah, this is this is pretty much clear cut. You know, South Carolina's better, better receivers, better quarterback. I'm not sure where else they're, but I think they got a better uh, field goal kicker, certainly. Not, but not the punter's kind of the same. And then, and then I, you know, so, you know, Clemson's struggling in the field goal department. And then I look and, and I'm like, because I haven't, I, you know, I keep up with recruiting, but I hadn't kept up with like Clemson's specialist recruiting lately. <laughs> uh, well, they got the best kicker in the country coming in like by a mile. This kid's from North Carolina. His name's Nelson something. I don't know. It's a weird, funny name. This dude's, like, banging 61-yarders and stuff. So, uh, maybe Debo's right. You know, buy all the stock you can because that, that guy's going to come in and uh, probably take the job. But, you know, field goal kicker, quarterback, receiver. You know, as far as playmakers at tight end, South Carolina's probably got better. But, but I do I do like bearing stool a lot. Um, and then they got the other kid. Um I think their offensive line's obviously better. Their D-line's obviously better. Their linebackers are obviously better. Safeties, I think, would probably be about even. Uh, Corner with – I mean, I I don't know. That's hard to kind of say. Because, you know, you can compare their corners to Carolina's, but the matchup is Carolina's corners against their receivers. And Yeah, and and,
0: and Antonio Brown is questionable going into this game. I know he's practiced some this week. I'm not so sure that we'll see him. Bo Collins is out. Uh, for Clemson, five receivers this year for the Tigers have had injury issues. Uh, and 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 most all of those guys will not be playing in the game. Some of them have been out for quite some time. But Tyler Brown uh, will be in there. And I know that Troy Stilato will should be in there as well. But he's also had some injury issues. So, I mean, like, you know, when you see these guys throwing the football, Adam Randall, another guy with injury issues. Uh, when you see these guys throwing the football, Tyler Brown is probably going to be WR1. Yeah. Uh, he's probably going to be the guy they're looking for the most. Burning stool is going to be right there with him. And then you know who the third guy is probably going to be? A dude named Will Shipley. Uh, so you got to be careful with him coming out of the backfield because they're going to try to get him into space. And Carolina, it's been better, no doubt, the last two weeks. It's been better. But prior to, they have had major, major issues with guys like Will Shipley, his style out in space. So the, you can bet the Tigers are going to try to try to execute and get that out there
1: absolutely i mean yeah, the, the, i mean she and Moffler are their two best weapons i mean i don't know how you completely eliminate those guys either um and that's one thing garrett riley's office does do a good job of is getting the ball in the hands of their backs and letting them make plays they did it last year at tcu too but uh man oh man i mean that's a that's just a challenge and you know, Moffitt and Chivley both are going to come into this game extremely confident because Carolina hadn't stopped them in two years. You know, I mean, if, if arguably if Clemson had kept just giving it to those guys last year, they they the outcome could have been different. I'm not saying it definitely would have been, but could have been different. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's a it's a situation a lot like it was um, last week where you and inexplicably Davis only got 12 carries. Uh, so you you almost want to you almost want Garrett Riley to start getting cute and trying to throw it more than he should you know and 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 get away from the simplistic game plan but i you know, i don't know who who knows i think um i i think the best thing would be Carolina Clayton White calls his, his best game right <laughs> uh they guess right on some run stunts they get him behind the chains and force him to throw I have. Copies. I think
2: you're going to have to pay better attention and make quicker adjustments too. Like, like if it you can't wait a quarter or a half to be like, you know what, this isn't working. We got to try something different because you know you you've got everything to lose in one game. So, I mean, if you got to throw the kitchen sink at it to, to to slow it down or make it work, then that's what you got to do. But you can't let Maffa and Shipley put up you know a hundred plus yards and a half, uh, only to Try to make the adjustment in the locker room at halftime. No
0: question about that, Phil. Boy, there's uh if if that's the case, it's probably not a good night for the Gamecocks. We got to run to a timeout here in just a couple of minutes because Wesley Saunders is due in. Prior, before we go, though, let me give you a quick rundown of where things are on the watch list. Rattler firmly in fifth now, all time uh, from a passing yardage standpoint. He won't get to fourth unless he throws for 1,427 yards against Clemson uh, tomorrow night. I said 1,400. That's correct, so he won't do that. Um, But (laughs) he is 490 yards shy of Dylan Thompson's single-season passing yardage. Theoretically, he could get there. That'd probably be a good sign. But um, more than likely going to need a bowl game to be able to do it. He, though, will probably top Dylan Thompson's pass completions record. 264 of those or two hundred I'm sorry 259 of those if he completes 11 passes tomorrow he'll tie Thompson with 270 in a single season 12 of course he'll break it Spencer Rattler is more than likely going to leave South Carolina as the most accurate passer all time 70.6% completion percentage here in 2023 and Xavier Leggett is 330 yards away from Alshon Jeffries, 15-17. So that's where we are from a record watch
1: standpoint. I will say one thing, 20 seconds. All right, so this year, South Carolina, okay, at home, they've played a lot of these teams where where you look at it and you go, the Gamecocks have to stop the run, uh, or it's going to be a long night. Mississippi State, we said it. Florida, we said it. Um, Jacksonville State, but that's a different style. Uh, Vanderbilt, we said it, Kentucky, we certainly said it. South Carolina's been okay in all those situations. Think about that. Even mm-hmm. North Carolina, it wasn't Hampton that beat him; it was Drake May throwing the ball.
2: Think yeah. about that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah,
2: they, so, they've stepped up when they needed to, when it looked like a team, yeah, you know, they've won they some games
1: where they've run. done well against the run. And so, you know, so that's. That's kind of something else that pops in your mind is when you look at the body of work now, now certainly, you know, Cody Schrader went for whatever out of Missouri and, uh, but even a I think barely scratched a hundred yards on the ground. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe this team is better against the run than we, we were having flashbacks to last year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're better. Maybe they're better th- than we give them credit for. Well, it makes
2: sense. Cause you're getting better linebacker play this year than we did last year. Uh, you can confidently say that, uh, even though, I mean, nothing's perfect. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when you have been effective at slowing those run games down, the only time where opponents actually had some success is where they had top tier quarterbacks. I mean, you know, Will Rogers threw all over them. You know, it's like, but you're not, I don't think you're facing that caliber of QB coming into this game. I mean, Klepnik sure is a five star, but he's still relatively inexperienced. This no, is his and, first full season.
1: And there's no yeah. Ricky Pearsall, there's no Tulu Griffin. Right.
2: Yeah. You don't have that guy, you know, on the on the outside that's gonna beat you that you're really scared no, of going no, downfield on you.
1: No. There's no Dane Key, Barry and yeah. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Tavian. I mean, you know, that's there, right. there's I mean, look, and that's that's not all their fault, you know. But anyway, hey, guess what? Satterfield strikes again. 66-yard yeah, touchdown 60. pass for oh, yeah. the Huskers. But Iowa's right back on their goal line. So it they have they've so, already gone the over. It may it may be over 25 and a half at halftime.
0: Got to step aside. Wesley Saunders will join us when we return. Final segment of the week going into the rivalry game here on Inside the Gamecocks the show. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecock's attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Game Cops.
7: If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today.
0: Nana's Porch nanasporch.com at Nana's Porch they cater weddings parties and all kinds of special events their meals are served buffet style in seconds they're encouraged plus they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs inquire about rentals as well nanasporch.com find them on
4: Facebook Twitter
0: and Instagram 336-259-259 7550
8: South Carolinians this message is for you as well as for people in Georgia, Florida and Tennessee. ga.com schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today
6: This crowd,
9: the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode, just as they do each time. Their
4: fighting game talks are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rage breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy.
0: Final segment of the week. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. and served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Ahead of this weekend's ball game, it's the rivalry between South Carolina and Clemson at williams Bryce Stadium. 7.30 tomorrow night on the SEC Network. This gentleman knows a little bit about playing in this game and playing in that ballpark because he was an outstanding tight end for Steve Spurrier here. Back in the mid 2000s, Wesley Saunders has been kind enough to join us today. He'll pick some games a little bit later on, but we'll talk some ball first. How you
10: doing, man? Hey, I'm good, man. Doing well back here in uh, North Carolina. How you fellas doing? So you went home for the holidays? For I did. I, I did. Yeah, it came on up here. It's been uh, several months since I touched down in the Carolinas, so you know it's a good change of pace from Miami. All right, no doubt. So yes, wait yeah. a
1: second, because right. you
0: you've got the whole health thing down. Yeah. So what do, what do you do on Thanksgiving? Are you are you stuffing your face or like what's what, what's your what's your gig? What do you do? Uh,
10: absolutely, man. You know, but I, one of the biggest things that I preach is, is balance. You know, you can't be eating like it's Thanksgiving every day, right? But so you, you got to give yourself some leeway. Unfortunately, a lot of us we don't eat any different than Thanksgiving than we did two months ago, right? So. so what uh we're gonna talk a lot of
0: ball with you man but um but why don't you we've got a large audience uh wesley about eight to ten thousand people a day will watch or listen to this thing and um and so we want to give you an opportunity to tell people what you're doing and, and if that's something that folks could get in touch with you on and you know how can you how can they connect with you and all that type of stuff fill us in on what's going on in life
10: Right on, man. I appreciate it. Well, you know, uh, the the, the football never really leaves, so I'm not officially retired. You know, recently as of 2019, I was playing in the American Alliance of Football with the with the Birmingham Iron, Uh, you know, still got that football itch still in, in, in very good shape. And I'm actually in better shape now than I was when I was playing 10, 12 years ago. Uh, And that's mainly due, you know, my new company, West Juice, uh, which specializes in all natural superfood supplements and uh, uh, organic uh, minerals to help our body get rid of all the bad decisions we made last night. Right. So gut health, uh, cleansing, detox, all that good stuff. That's what we specialize in. But my company, Win with West, is a total wellness company. So, you know, we specialize in meditation, uh, breath work, uh, you know, workouts, uh, meal plans, and nutrition. I actually hosted a yoga retreat in Egypt last November for about 40 people yeah so you know this this thing is taking taking on a life of its own it kind of happened organically especially because these last few years you know a lot more people have wanted to take their health and wellness into their own hands and so that's where i come in because you probably don't remember you know back when i was in south carolina man you know we got Bojangles and all the best, Lizard thicket and all the yeah. best food. I was a little, Coach Furrier Coach actually contemplated putting me at, ta- at tackle at one point uh, because I had gotten over 300 pounds. So, you know, wait, me and weight have always had this love, love-hate love relationship, but now I understand that it's all about balance. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Anyone who wants to find me, you know, I'm on uh, Instagram at West Juice W-E-S-J-O-O-S-E and uh, Wesley.com which is W-E-S-L-Y- E. Yeah, it's, it's it's
1: it's Y E. Everybody remember? Yeah, that. I had to spell. I covered him as a recruit, and I had to learn how to spell it. Over, I always made that made that mistake. But that's good, Wes. I remember when you were a recruit too, man. You you were a big kid, but you had good feet and could play basketball. So I always thought you'd be a tight end. Me and Ryan Barto. We've We'd like debate right. back and forth, if you remember, and uh, yep, uh, I thought man, could, could he be a D tackle, and no, Barton's, like tight end all the way. And and then you got then, then I watched you play, and I was like, yep, yeah, definitely, no no yep. question, no question.
10: Appreciate so, it, yeah, like, man. Uh, we we go way back, yeah,
1: yeah, man. I remember back. I was at Rival Bartow and I both were at Rivals.com back then, man. And we, we talk we still talk about you, man. We still talk about, about, about you. Uh good stuff, you know. Good well, stuff. I
10: appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Some of the, some of my best articles coming up, man, were from you guys. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. back before back before we all had cell phones and we had to get on the computer <laughs> and look up our rivals and scout.com rankings. Yeah, yeah, you and you and Ryan were, you know, some of the names we saw the most. So.
1: sure, <laughs> man. I remember that totally. Gosh, yeah. that was
0: you came – was that the 07 class you were part of? He was
1: 07 because he almost went North Carolina. I mean, we scared
10: everybody. He almost went to North yeah. Carolina. That close. I remember that. I remember that
0: close. Yeah. Why, yeah. why did you end up coming to South Carolina?
10: Oh uh, Man, you know, Spurrier, he he kind of sealed the deal. Uh, and, of course, you know, I like uh, where I'm at right now, I'm back here at my mom's house. So from here to University of North Carolina's campus is about 15 minutes. And so it was a little too close to home. Uh, so you know, I wanted to get going up the road, three and a half hours south, and uh, I felt like so And of course, I wanted to play against top-notch competition, man. You know, the, nothing like the SEC. And uh, Coach Spurrier had kind of sold us on that, you know, being a big fish in a small pond at the time and making some things happen and changing the narrative in Columbia. That that class was uh, really simply outstanding.
0: One of my one of my best buddies is in that class. He was he was one of the guys that nobody talked about. A dude named Pat DeMarco. Uh, and he did it. Kind of worked out for him, didn't it? Uh, you know, and you look around at the successes of, of the guys that were in that class, and you know, Steven and what he's doing now in, in, in teaching and coaching quarterbacks and things like that. Obviously, Pat is is unbelievably successful. Melvin and what he did in the NFL. You could talk about Jason Barnes. he's an excellent, excellent coach now. Um I you know, room, Clinton, And a great guy, you know, great guy. I mean, all you guys, like, it was a great group of dudes. Akeem was in that group, Byron McKnight, and and you could go on and on. And then there's another guy named Travian, and he's on staff now.
10: Have you talked to him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I catch up with Travian a lot on uh, on Twitter and uh, between Instagram, man. It's good to see to see him doing what he's doing, especially because, you know, we we all pretty much showed up, on, except for Steven, you know, Garcia got there about six months earlier than we did. But, you know, we got on campus at the same time, you know. So this experience of Columbia and college football and Coach Spurrier, you know, we all received that at the same exact time, man. So I think that's a bond that can never be broken, especially for our class coming in with, with so much hype that we did. Yeah, it's, it's neat to see now Shame, of course, you know,
0: shame. Shame was oh, there yeah. when you were in there. And yeah. and so getting your perspective, I mean, so you're very qualified to have an opinion on this. You played for the program, you played in the NFL. Um, and 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 now a, a piece of what you were with at, at your time in South Carolina, by the, when I was in school, we were in school at the same time, um, when you were in South Carolina is back running this program.
3: Mm-hmm. So what are you
0: what are you seeing when you turn
10: it on every Saturday? What are you seeing from these guys? Uh, i see i see a belief you know i i see some guys willing to uh make the sacrifice you know it takes a little while to buy in a lot of people think it's supposed to happen immediately but you got to gain people's trust they have to see how you respond in times of adversity right and of course you know not just your name like they they know the guy you know coach was there before but we need to see what have you done for me lately how will you treat me now so uh and it's, and it's a whole new environment man you know it, I, obviously you know my, we we weren't there was no NIL and none of that stuff stuff back when I was in school so now it's, it's a different dynamic uh, so you know kudos to to Coach Beamer for, for taking it on and knowing to bring back other you know guys who've been in the program to kind of, kind of help facilitate things like a Pat DeMarco and a Travian Robertson so I think he's headed in the right direction for sure Alright so JC's the NIL king
0: uh, running Carolina Rise <laughs> do, do, when you played would that have been something like should it do you believe yes. in NIL? Do you understand it now? Like, what are what are your thoughts on it? and How would it maybe have affected y'all back when you were in at South Carolina?
10: Honestly, man, you know I, I try not to be too exaggerative, but I there's no I, I think we could, we could have won the national championship in uh, in 2010 uh, had had uh, certain uh, laws and statute not not been in place at the time. You know, a lot of guys we were we were comfortable. We were coming into a space of. Of knowing the city, the city knowing us, right? And so if there's a reciprocity there, then you can actually build something and create it, right? So it, it had been going on for years, but of course, you know, it kind of the buck stopped uh, in that 2010 year, you know, obviously me getting suspended uh, by the NCAA. Uh, but I think, I think it's, it's a huge benefit. You know, uh, especially when it can put certain programs and certain places on even playing fields, uh, depending on what you bring, uh, what you bring to the market and what you bring to the game. And, you know, Columbia is one of those kind of towns you can win the town over and, you know, you can be a staple there uh, if if you show all the uh, attributes of the city. Right. Hard nose, grit, willing to give it up for your fellow teammates. So I think it's actually increasing uh, the guy's ability to want to do well on the field. So I, I like it.
1: Yeah, Wesley would have been tremendous at that because he had—he was one of these guys had a lot of friends in the business community around town. Unfortunately, you know with that that thing happened, which was a complete pile of crap. But uh, we yeah. won't get into all that. It wasn't your fault at all. I, I never thought it was. But Wesley, had, Wesley, a lot of those guys in that class—Wesley, Pat, Steven, Melvin Ingram—after after he kind of got to playing and stuff, Travy and Cliff. Uh, all those guys had had really good personalities, and um, yeah, even a guy like Kyle Nunn would have been really good at uh, at uh, NIL. I think you know Kyle yeah. was funny; you
10: know he's hilarious. So, yeah. um, so I'm never, sure my like my my guy Brian Maddox. I know he would have got an NIL. So, uh, yeah, you know fishing. he you know
1: he'd be sitting there like uh, <laughs> like with a about a law firm or something. I, I remember his dad, man. You know he was B. was great, man. So all the all those guys in that class would have done really really well. Uh, i, I bet, know, I bet
0: steven probably would have had one i could probably guess i, I know
1: oh, exactly what restaurant and what pizza place in five point steven would have been oh, yeah. had a big yeah. deal with at all but uh, but steven would have had a bunch too i mean that guy for the moment he might have he might have had man, a, statue.
10: But, yeah, a statue yeah they might have put a statue of him in five points <laughs> there's yeah. no
1: doubt i think they should anyway and <laughs> uh, they still right
10: yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> you,
0: absolutely like those guys you played, I, you know, I, I always find looking back at history um, pretty u- unique at the lens that we look through it, you know, and you go back and you think about like Lottie Ajaboy and, mm-hmm. and Melvin and when they came in and, and you look back now at what this program achieved as they got older and you would have never guessed it, you know, because everybody gets so caught up. Wesley and the star system and this and that and the old nine yards. And, and then you look back at guys who I don't want to say flew under the radar, but they just didn't pop. Pat DeMarco didn't pop either. Right. And and then all of a sudden, you know, there, they were an integral reason why there was so much success that ended up being created. Yep. What, what is that? Like when you, when you look back at all the guys that you played with and I'm talking about at the college level, a totally different scenario from the pro level. That's your job. Uh, but at the collegiate level, you got to go to school, you got all these things going on, and you look back at all these guys that you played with who 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 became great players, and then maybe some guys that came in as great players and did just really never worked out. Like mm-hmm. can, can you kind of describe that for us that
10: college experience and how it affects guys versus others? oh yeah absolutely man it's uh it's all about how much you believe in yourself right because you you show up on campus and everybody's just as big and just as fast as you are right and so i think even us we a lot of you guys had chips on their shoulders anyway coming in onto on campus because guys like myself and melvin ingram and chris Culliver and uh, those guys you know we had we had bigger offers to go to other schools but we're like you know what i think i i, I kind of believe in the south carolina thing but i also believe in myself right if i go out and show that i can do my thing against Florida and Alabama, then, you know, then I will have proven myself right, everyone who else, everyone who believes in me. And, you know, on the opposite end, you, you see guys who come into uh, on campus and it's a little overwhelming right now. Now I'm starting to second guess my abilities. Now I'm starting to, am I really as good as I thought I was? And so I've seen that uh, kill a lot more guys than anything else is that that insecurity and, and self-doubt Uh, So I I knew early on I didn't want that to be a part of my thing. I know Coach Coach Spurrier, one of the things he sold me on was being able to play as a freshman. Uh, So that was very intriguing and very enticing to a guy like myself. Um, And I think a lot of guys wanted that, you know, a lot of us, you know, a few, except for a few guys, you know, a lot of us hit the field that first year, a guy like Deion Lacorn. you know, people who people, uh, you know, don't mention as much, but, you know, who really stepped on campus and wanted to prove something immediately. So uh, I think it was a great opportunity for us. And it it said said a lot about uh, the guys in our program willing to go and, you know, create something that we couldn't see. Right. It's easy to talk about it now in hindsight, but we didn't know if we would go there and win any games. Right. So. Yeah, I, man, I'd have to go back to have an informed
0: opinion on this, but in 2007 and 2008, when you and Jared were in the same tight end room, (laughs) I I can't imagine that there was a group of tight ends anywhere else in college football that was better than the two of you. What was y'all's relationship like?
10: Oh man, I love Jay Cook, man. That was that was my guy. You know, he, he he brought me in. He and Andy Boyd, you know, took me under their wing. Now Andy, he was more of a blocking tight end, but Jared, you know, we kind of spoke the same language as far as wanting to make plays and wanting to, you know, uh, be a vital part of the offense. And for some reason, man, you know, to this day we we can't understand, you know, what the coaching staffs, you know, opposition was against putting us on the field at the same time, right? It was either Jared or Wes. But I'm like, you know, we we both can do some things, you know. So it it kind of became that we had gone through our thir- you know, three co- uh, tight end coaches in three years with uh, Fred Fred Chatham and Ray Richlesky and Jeep Hunter, uh, and so you know it was it was a great relationship between Jared and I. But of course, you know, there's only so many minutes to go around because you know we weren't running too many two tight end uh, sets. But you know, Jared was my guy, learning a lot from him. Uh, and he, he showed me a lot of the ropes, especially being an X Y receiver. So my route running be, became Chris, you know, guys like he and Kenny McKinley really took me under their wing and saw the talent in me to kind of hone that and, uh, you know, develop me into a better player.
1: It's crazy. Cause Spurrier got away from just using what he, he started using, um, double tight end formations around 2011 ish, 2012 ish justice Cunningham and Busta Anderson and Jarrell Adams. Yep. They, they say, uh, yeah, I always thought, wow, he should have done that back then because it it wasn't like y'all were, like, loaded at receiver. You know, you had right. Kenny and and Jared basically was the, the second best receiver in those early years. And then, uh, of course, Alshon came in and, and, yeah. and kind of changed that. But, man, that was something else. It was uh, – well, those, all right, so i got to ask you one thing about Spurrier and, and plays. So, Clemson game 2009. They're playing Clemson this year. So, they called a play and you called a touchdown. Yeah, I saw that play a bunch in his in his career. He wouldn't run it every single game, but when he did, it was lethal. Am I right in that? And what what could you describe that play call? Uh, it's kind of almost like a crossing, like a pick, like a pick
10: okay. Yeah, hey, you, you got you got to be specific. Oh, you saying yeah, two thousand nine? You got yeah, to be specific. Oh nine, you, you got two. Yep. You <laughs> did have two in that <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. This was this was a uh, this was the pick play, uh, the
1: crossing play.
10: Yeah. The Y dragster, <laughs> man. That's yeah, that's that's the Y drag. That's the that's the y bread drag. and butter yeah you yeah, know yeah, they they weren't really equipped to handle uh handle that play garcia and i we knew that was going to be a big play you know every time i don't think you probably don't remember in 2007 i had one against kentucky that i fumbled on the one yard line after taking it 48 yards i uh, remember that yeah 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 so yeah we run that play uh, multiple times and of course if it's a if it's man to man uh somebody gets picked off and it's a lot of confusion going on and if you can come out that backside and make one guy miss that's all it's about, and so you know I was able to do that.
1: I also remember in 8 uh, 24-14, right? 8 we're down 24 nothing, back to 24-14, and you ran it, and Smelly threw it about a foot over your head, yeah. And UW had probably <laughs> still been running, man, yep. up at Death Valley, and that one, that yeah. minute That may have that that play may have changed everything because Dabo probably would not have gotten the Clemson job if you ought to come back and won that game.
10: Well, it's crazy know, how it, those things happened, you know. You know, it's funny too. My my dad, I, I scored a touchdown in that game too. You and, did. Uh, I, I remember my, that. My, my dad, my he missed the play because our house was getting broken into, so oh he was God. in Death Valley. What? He had to rush, he had to rush out of the stadium to talk to the pol- uh, the police on the phone because somebody had broken into our house. I guess knowing he was gone for the for the game that weekend, so Jeez, he missed. You're it. kidding me. This was in the
0: this was in the 2008 game in in the Upstate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was raining. You,
10: so what happened with your house? They broke into the house, did they? The alarm went off. Uh, yeah, they. I think they took some uh some minor stuff uh from the front front porch, but the alarm was going off the whole time, so they didn't get out with much. So that was the alarm. Is company that the house problem. you're in now? No, this is not the house I'm in now. This is uh my my dad's house on the other side of town. So my my mom and dad they they both in Durham, but they they live in, on separate t- sides of the town. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a
0: story. Well, you... yeah it's okay because in 2009 and, and this will kind of lead us into where we're going with this year's game too and we'll, we'll pick the game and I'm gonna wipe the rest of these picks out guys we're not gonna have time to do it I'd rather talk to Wesley than pick the freaking Kentucky game um, um, but the, the 2009 game you know y'all 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 had lost this program had lost uh, oh gosh at that point in time was it too straight? It was two no. straight, but like seven yeah. out of eight. Yeah, two straight. And uh, outside of 01 and outside of 06, 06, Carolina had lost every game since the turn of the century. It just wasn't kind. That game in 09 turned it in the Gamecocks' favor five consecutive. And you just pointed out you had two catches. Both of them were in the end zone. Oh, and yeah. uh, the final score was 34 to 17. I'll never forget that day at Williams Bryce Stadium. Um, what was it that day? What was the magic potion? I know Kenny had a big day toting the rock. But, um, but going, do you remember the, going into that game? What were those conversations like? Did you have it circled on the calendar? Kind of walk us through that.
10: Oh, yeah. It was uh, obviously, you know, we had already felt the angst uh, throughout the season because, you know, it, it, the season kind of hadn't gone the way we wanted it to. We had a really good team. Uh, you know, we were losing a few games at the at the end, right? We lost to Georgia and Athens by a few. You know, we put taking number one Florida to the brink. Um, so we knew we had talent. Uh, So it was really all about us. And towards the end of the season, that's when things really start to shape up. Honestly, I was I was excited about that season, but I'm already looking like, man, we really got a chance to do something even next year. So I knew Clemson was going to be one of those times like, hey, let's let's go out. Let's go out here and set it off. And uh, of course, you know, we we run into the the first play of the game when they they take it back to the house on us on, on the kickoff uh that really you know deflates the the sales a little bit so you really have to get back to like how much do we really believe in ourselves after something like that happens you know so uh we were able to bounce back obviously they had a a penalty on it um we were able to bounce back and and take it to the house man but i i I just remember the camaraderie around that like yeah we're not gonna lose this game we're about to win and we're gonna have a good time at five points after this that's right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i remember
0: five points well that night oh yeah uh, and the next morning i guess we should probably say Um, this team started off two and six they've won three straight this is certainly going to be the most difficult opponent they've played wesley beating jacksonville state vanderbilt and kentucky to get to this point but if they if they get it they go to a bowl and then they also would have their second consecutive win over that team in the upstate and boy boy do they need it um I I I don't know exactly how much you've seen out of them the last few weeks, but um, but if you have seen a bunch, what have you seen, and how do you think that'll translate into the ball game tomorrow night?
10: Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen guys gaining confidence. Yeah, I've been keeping up as much as I can, you know. And I remember the last time I was really intensely watching was uh, that that Georgia match, and I saw a lot a lot of grit from guys. You know, the defensive line playing well and. Uh I, I see you see sparks, right? And then, you know, it's all about really just bringing it all together. And so these past few weeks I've seen them bring it bring it together, you know, putting up some major points, coming back from adversity, right? Somebody emerging as the as the the breakaway star on offense with Rattler and Leggett, you know. So uh these are guys that you know you, you really need your, your people to step up and confidence. So if you can hang your hat on a few guys then that kind of trickles and permeates through through everyone else because I've I've seen it happen. So, uh, you know, three games in a row. This is this we need we need this one. So I think uh I think we're in a good space. You know, I'm, I don't want to speak too soon because you know I've been wrong before, but you know I got a good feeling about this.
0: How, you played in the NFL. How how do you think Xavier Leggett and Spencer Rattler will will how how will their game play at the next level?
10: I think I think they'll be fine, man. But, you know, just like like you said, I play in the league and I understand uh, the importance of a, a, a offensive coordinator and a coach who can see what you can do right? because you can get yeah. put in the wrong position and, you know, fizzle out or guys label you as a bust because you're in the wrong uh, situation. Luckily, I was able to. Uh, get on with the Steelers and Bruce Arians and Mike Tomlin early on with a very intricate offense and, you know, a offense that was let, let me show what I was capable of. And not all the time, you know, I went to another team, you know, when I went to Indianapolis and it was kind of the opposite of that, where you were kind of a little bit pigeonholed. So, you know, it really kind of depends on the team, uh, depends on, you know, the, the offense that, that you get put into. But luckily, I'm starting to see, you know, a lot more guys thinking out of the box now, you know, with the emergence of Patrick Mahomes and, you know, these new style offense, you know, Brandon Staley, you know, it's kind of funking things up a little bit. So thank goodness this old traditional way of thinking is kind of going by the wayside when we're able to implement new things and new plays and let guys express themselves you know football is expressionism uh at the least right so you got to go out and let guys be who they are on the football field
0: wes juice wesley.com sound that sounds like uh it sounds like an nil deal could be somewhere <laughs> for you 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 know, maybe maybe there's somebody in the in the garnet black now that could uh you know that could work with you on this deal
10: Oh yeah, hey look, we we looking into that, man. You know, we got a lot of our research. We got nothing but top-notch uh, ingredients in in our uh in our stuff, man. So, uh we sourced it from a company out in Southern California and I just, just distinctly picked out the ingredients that could help someone on their path to being an athlete, right? So we got all of these superfood ingredients that are built to help us uh, be, vital- be uh, carry on in vitality uh, on or off the field, you know, clear brain fog, all that good stuff, man. But health is wealth and not much else is what I like to say. And unfortunately for me, that was not my main thing when I was in Columbia. You know, I was, I was going against the grain when it comes to eating and taking care of myself and knowing what to put in my body. Uh, but I, I didn't know any better, man. So, you know, it's, it's really about knowledge. So, I mean, I'm just here to spread the knowledge. Well, we'll we'll continue to help spread it for you
0: as well. You. Uh, and you, you can always come back. I think I'm going to speak on behalf of both of these guys. We know what a good interview is, and this one's pretty good, thanks to you. Uh, well, very well done. You're always welcome on our program. Before we go, uh, two quick picks here. One is tomorrow at noon on Fox between second-ranked Ohio State and third-ranked Michigan, and I'll start. Uh, with, uh, the, the, with, uh, Mad Dog down there, Phil, he got in this thing.
2: Oh, give me the Buckeyes. Give me the Whoa.
0: Buckeyes. Whoa. yeah.
2: Yeah. They brought Whoa. some defense with them. They don't just play offense anymore. So I think that might, that might throw Michigan off. <laughs>
0: this will be their third <laughs> big win on the road, JC. Will Ohio State get it done? Do you agree with Mad Dog there? You're going to need to turn your mic on if you'd like to make a pick publicly. You can make one privately if you'd like.
1: O-H-I-O.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> There you go. Hey, what do you think about the Ohio State-Michigan uh, game this weekend, Wesley? What do you think about Michigan stealing signs according to – well – Evidence. <laughs> Evidence.
10: <laughs> well, I got, I, you know, I got, I got Michigan by three, man. I don't know what it is in the air. I'm going, I'm going Michigan this time, man. You know, all, all is fair in love and war, right? So, you know, a couple signs get messed up. You know, a couple. Uh a couple schools get vandalized, you know, nobody got hurt, right? So it's all
0: good.
3: Yeah, yeah.
10: yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I think something weird happens tomorrow. Something weird. It's gonna be yeah. cold and at home, no Jim Harbaugh. But if they could if they could sneak that other guy on other sidelines, I'm sure they can find a way to sneak Jim into the ballpark. <laughs> so uh I'm going to go with uh, – I'm with you. I think Michigan finds a way to get it done at home. And then finally, we'll let Wesley pick last in this one. I'll lead this one off, which is ours. The Gamecocks now have a ranked opponent walking in tomorrow night. The Tigers looking for 2-0. We've talked about this thing inside and out throughout the week. It's turnovers. It's the turnover battle. That's really what it's going to come down to in my mind. Clemson, when they lose it, they lose. When they win it, they win. South Carolina has created nine in the last three games. They've won all three. Clemson has created ten in the last three games. They've won all three as well. But I think tomorrow night, Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett will go out with a bang, and that defense will create more turnovers than Clemson's. And I think South Carolina, it'll be raucous and wild in there, and I can't wait to see it. Gamecocks win. Phil?
2: I'm with DJB. The the biggest key to me in this game because it's been the, the biggest thorn in the team up the roadside is turnovers. Uh, you you finally turned the spigot on here to to get the turnovers moving over the last three games. Like I said three weeks ago, you got to start with a little tiny snowball at the top of the hill, and they've been pushing and rolling that thing all the way down. And I think they pull off a I think they pull off a nice close victory tomorrow night. JC.
1: Gamecocks will win. Uh, I think it'll be a lot like Kentucky game. Yeah, Gamecocks should win the game.
0: Boy, that's outstanding analysis.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to give it I wanted to bring you the full money there. I want I, I want to hear what Wesley had to say. Yeah, that's right. uh, for, uh, forgive me for being yeah, the right. our guess. I've been talking all day, man. <laughs>
0: And finally, uh, the guest of the hour, again, Wesley.com, W-E-S-L-Y-E. That's where you could find some really, really, really cool stuff. Connect with him on social media. And if you really need to get in touch with him for something, maybe it's about a business opportunity, get in touch with us. You can do it on the Chief Sports app, and we will connect you to Wesley Saunders, former outstanding tight end for the Gamecocks, who helped start that five-in-a-row streak 14 years ago. Wesley, will they... Will they add on to last year's and start a new streak of their own?
10: Man, has it been that long? Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going with the Gamecocks tomorrow, but also, you know, you got to look at other, other. Uh, variables right we got some special guests in the building it's a night game it's going to be right so you're going to have a chance to get that momentum pumping all through the day you know I used to I used to hate the noon games 3.30 uh, was a little bit better but when you got a when you got a night game you know you got all day to think about it uh, and really get yourself pumped up so I think the momentum uh, the atmosphere you know everything is going to be working in our favor tomorrow man so I'm, I'm going Gamecocks by 10 by 10 See, I'll take that too.
0: Carolina mm-hmm. by 10. Wesley Saunders, hey, you again, you're always welcome here. You've got my number, you have JC's number. You you reach out anytime you you need us. If you got something you want us to push, promote for you, we'll do it. But most importantly, we'd love to just have you back and, and talk
10: more ball, man. Hey man, this is hey, look, this thirty minutes up already, guys. So you know, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> But uh, I I appreciate you guys having me on, man. If you guys shoot me your your addresses, I'll I'll shoot you out some of our West Juice products for you guys to try, man. So you're not just blindly uh, supporting me with, you know, you, you never tried the stuff. So, you know, the truth, the truth is in the juice. And so, uh, I'm looking to get, get, get people trying it, man. So shout out to all the games Nation, Miss Judy. I got, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the, the Lennons, Miss Judy and Patrick, uh, who helped me immensely, you know, during my time when I got suspended, you know, we thought we had a chance to come back on the field at some point. I had a lot of people lobbying for me, trying to get me back on the field, calling legislators, calling the NCAA. Uh, I really felt the love even though I was in my lowest point of my life, man, at that time, having to watch from the sidelines as our school uh, had the most successful year in school history, man. I was able – I was humbled by how many people came out to support me, man. So I'll forever be part of Game Nation. Well, you helped build
0: that. You helped build that. And uh, Mm -hmm. Carolina will always be grateful to you for what you did and will always support you, certainly. And as I mentioned, you are always welcome here. So enjoy being home for a couple of days up there in North Carolina. Uh, say oh, yeah. travel to Miami and uh, and well, I guess we'll be down there next month on huh, JC to celebrate you and your bride. So, okay. yeah, maybe we'll,
10: West Palm, we'll,
0: West Palm, we'll, we'll be in West Palm. We'll have to buy uh, to get some West you
10: Hit me up, man. I'll bring this, that's only a hop, yeah. skip, and a jump from my house, man. So, yeah, I'm looking yeah, yeah. forward to it. I'm about to go uh, partake in some leftovers right now, fellas. So, thanks again uh, for I, having me, man. Anytime <laughs> you want, man, I I love to uh, rejoin you guys on the show. Thanks so we, much, absolutely.
6: Wes. Have a wonderful man. weekend.
10: It.
0: Pull them through. Thank you, man. Take it easy. There in. you go. Wesley Saunders, former outstanding tight end at South Carolina. Eric Church will take us home. It's time to get on the road. The rest of you safe travels to Columbia if you are traveling. If you're there, I hope to see some of you tonight. And throughout the weekend, as we pull the Gamecocks through, hopefully two in a row, the red team in the upstate. As always, thanks to my my brothers here, Mad Dog mullinax and – J.C. Schubert, oh, Schubert. Schubert. Uh, from digspur.com. Also appreciate Michael Flint for joining us. Uh, guys, have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully it kicked off right yesterday. And I hope today is kind to your wallet. And tomorrow, I hope Carolina football is kind to your hearts. See you on Monday at 11 on Inside the Game The show.